I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. I heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Hello, welcome to Roast Mortem. Oh my god. It's one of the best mortems you'll ever come across. I'm Tommy Eggs. Every mortem, there's a mortem and a mortem on the side. I'm Travis Lee. What up? <laughs> Shut the door, baby. Shut my head up. And I am your Cody for this evening. And I'm Mike. Oh, oh hey. yeah, Mike. There Mike's he here. Hey. Wow. I didn't see you come on? in. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sub dog. Where you where were you? You kick foot pin last time? Yeah. Well, I was having car problems. Uh so I was going I went kick flipping instead. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Got fucked for a thousand dollars, but What they hit you for? My wheel bearings and my serpentine belts. On your skateboard? Yeah. Thousand dollar skateboard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get a discount. You work at a skateboard company. No, Jeez, no, no discount. This is how you get an oil change, too. Oh, on the skateboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, lube them trucks, bro. Mm-hmm. It's like the uh, opposite of grip tape. It's a runny liquid. It's like putting on <laughs> grip tapes upside down. Yeah. It's strange. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so that's how we're starting the episode. Thank you for returning. This is the first uh, standard issue roast mortem We've had in quite a while. Yeah, Weird. right? I love it. Yeah. It's just us four boys. It's a new sitcom. Us four boys. <laughs> they're just hanging out, drinking yeah, sand. Uncle. Yeah, it's two and a half men plus one and a half men. Right. Four boy I, men's. Uh, yes. I think. Uncle Mike. Yeah. Uh, Dad Tom. Oh, can I be, can I be the com- comedic relief butler? Yes. Can I be Charlie Sheen's dense penis? Yeah, I think that's that would fulfill the cast of a typical Norman Lear <laughs> sitcom. How much does it pay? I love it. Forty dollars yeah. a week. Sign me up. I can do. Th- I can work that. All right. Uh, uh, that. Let me sleep on the set, and you got yourself a deal. So, okay. Cody, uh, tell me about your sitcom of a week. What have you been uh, up to? Laugh track. Fuck, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I, I got this weird thing that I'm realizing in my life that I'm the startle man. Are you scared people? Not on purpose. Not fucking on purpose, Mike. My sister's visiting and she'll just go off and do something and I won't even be in the same room as her and she'll just see me and go, oh my God, oh Jesus fucking Christ. And I'm just like, I'm 18 feet away from you not making any sound. But she's like, you're doing it so quietly. Yeah. That's the scary part. I guess I'm hideous or yeah. something. I feel like you've crept up on me in weird... I mean, well, we've crept up on you in a weird situation recently, but we're not going to get into that. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's behind a paywall, motherfucker. (laughs) No, but I feel like you've crept up on me sometimes. Like, well, it's Cody. Allegedly, I'm quiet on my feet, and that's scary. I'm always happy to see you, Cody. I'm like, oh, there's there's Cody. Same here, Mike. I like your face. I know, but Cody, I think, especially like when we were going to parties and stuff, you always did, it's not even like an Irish goodbye, because whenever you left, I'd be like, oh, bye, Cody. It's like an Irish hello. You just appear. (laughs) Yeah. Dude. (laughs) Like, I I pull on, like, a lever and emerge from behind a bookshelf. 
I'm like, oh, this is Cody. Irish, good, helloed. I have been trying to perfect that forever. I think it's in the eyes. The way to truly Irish hello. So we're all familiar with the Irish goodbye. You know, f- of fuck off. We're not, I'm not <laughs> yeah. talking to anyone. Yeah. But the Irish hello, I think you need to have really small eyes and they need to be almost gray with <laughs> yeah, disappointment. Or, or pitch black. Pitch black. <laughs> because then no one's trying to say hello to you. They're like, oh, that's a, that's a fucking conversation I'd rather just not. Yeah, it's like social camouflage, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are certain unpleasantries that could be put on a person that would make uh, Irish helloing possible. Certain people just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I hate mm-hmm. saying hello to people. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, de- uh, yeah, it depends. I mean, I like warming up to them, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, I like yeah. I like the point when we're both wasted and things questionable things are happening. I'm judging their character, even though I just <laughs> met them about five minutes ago. Travis, I have a yeah, feeling yeah. that if you shaved all of your hair on your body and and <laughs> and covered yourself in like pay, like if you if you went full uh what's his name um what's the Adams guy the uh, Fester if you went full Fester, Fester on a rascal Ooh. you could Irish hello anywhere you want <laughs> no one would want to talk to you <laughs> Tom you're, you're, you're uh, bright and bubbly everyone likes talking to you now you're never yeah, gonna be able Tom, to do it. How was your Irish week? You just Irish weeked everything. Sorry, yeah, I've been <laughs> concentrating on trying to do that for a while. If you notice, I had a lot in the bank there. Cody, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. I know you were talking about your personal experiences with scaring people. That was it. People. I'm done. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to Irish cut you off, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can we just add Irish to everything now? Yeah. yeah. I, I was, yeah, so this week I had one of the biggest scares in my life. I've been working on this project for months now. Um three, four months of grinding for work, and we put everything on Dropbox, and I was in the Uh-oh. middle of working, and it was not on Dropbox. Ooh! Oh I, hit, I hit up all six of my interns. I say, why did you do this? Of course, none of them had done it, but they're interns, so they, ha- they have to answer. <laughs> yeah, interns, Tom? I have six interns. What? I was first intern. Oh, yeah. Never forget. OG intern. I forgot. I OG yeah. intern. <laughs> the worst... Oh, was very good at you were the coffee. worst. You were fired, actually. Very good at You're coffee. done. You wouldn't be able to make it um, on this team, but I still love you. Hey. Uh, anyway, my interns eventually figured it out for me, but it was the biggest scare I've ever had. Imagine flushing a quarter of your life away and then having oh. to explain to clients who who are Cartoon Network why you did it. Oh. Ooh. But I, yeah, I mean, hmm. that feels like when I turned 30, I was like, I just flushed everything away. No. Now I had to explain the Cartoon Network. I sent them William Street <laughs> a message. It's like, why am I watching your cartoons all the time? I should have been doing my life. <laughs> should have been doing my life. <laughs> Sorry, this is a child's network. I, uh, I'm not sure why you're watching this. I've been watching a lot of that show Flapjack recently. A good show. Yeah, that's a oh, solid yeah. show. What a good, good one. What a bunch of chuckles from Knuckles. Oh, yeah. he's my favorite. Yeah. Didn't they, they still make that or no? No, no. I think I've seen it a long time ago as a kid. That was JG Quintel and um, Pendleton oh, yeah. Ward were working on that. And then when uh, regular show came on and Adventure Time, that got pulled. Mm. It's kind of like uh, we shame, all, shame. We, I don't know the politics, but I'm guessing it was something like we, you only have so much time in a day, and we only have so much airtime for you. So one yeah. show. Anyway, Unless you're Tim and Eric, mm-hmm. and then you get all the shows. Mm-hmm. Travis, very serious question. How was your week? 
Oh, it's such a serious week. I'm in the middle of moving right now. I'm about to yeah. I- Irish move into oh, this sick. building. <laughs> and, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> it means I haven't you, paid you, anyone. You don't you sign any lease. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't sign any lease, and you just materialize with like your fucking futon. Or you, yeah. or or you uh, sign the contract with your landlord and then car bomb them, so you can rip up the contract <laughs> and move in. Scott, yeah, no pun intended. While eating a potato. I, yep. Absolutely. Um, no, I'm moving in. I'm. This place is probably haunted. It's a very old building. I love it. There's a lot of j- jiggly shit. You know, like you go into a building and you're like, "Wow, everything jiggles." Oh, everything's like just slightly loose, like doorknobs and toilets. Yeah, well, the toilet's new because I, I personally updated. asked them to structurally update it because it's <laughs> a lot of mess sitting on the toilet. Yeah, and I've had uh, issues where I sat on a toilet before and it just crushes like a can. <laughs> that you was water a can. That was an actual really? can you crushed. Yeah, I know it's a serious issue. I need more bidets. Well, it's the also the amount of time you spend there. Like I know that every time you take a shit, even if it's over very quickly, you're still gonna watch that 22 minute Cartoon Network show. <laughs> yeah, dude. Right, deteriorating slowly as you shift back and forth. Yeah, so maybe by the next episode. You might have some spooky tales in my new apartment. Oh, there's tits in my apartment, by oh, the cool. way. Yeah, like there's they have all these like artwork things, you know, paintings, I think they're called. Um <laughs> the in the, the hallways. Hotel. No, in the hallways, and my apartment has tits as the painting. I'm like, did they know that I was moving here? Yes. Well, yes. if they did, it'd be shrimp and tits. Yeah, well, that's true. I feel like you're going to move to this apartment and deal with worse internet problems than we already have here on Rose Mortem, <laughs> yeah. which seem to just be adding up all the time. We're not trying to add more moving parts, but it keeps happening. It's weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, you got to deal with ghosts. Got to get through the ghosts to get to the internet. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Cody, who is the Irish guest? Okay, I don't know. He's probably not Irish, but the gentleman in question we're talking about today on this very sexual episode of Roast Mortem is the one, the only, Count Victor Lustig. Victor Who knows anything? Lustig. No, I- Victor Lustig. Good, I like this. You- I like this. I, I, I like you guys ignorant and shit. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah, well, I, I like to go into your episodes ignorant, and I like to go into Travis's mm-hmm. uh, knowing more than he even does. I noticed that. Yeah, you're you're, you're an ass... Tom, You're a genius asshole. Tom, that's so hard. Uh, well, here hard I am. Thing. It's hard Pretty thing hard. to pull off. Just so. saying, so we're roasting the stig. Count Victor Lustig, a.k.a. Oh, count. When, yes, Count Michael. Uh, so this episode's that's subtitle cool. is when smooth talk meets smooth brains. Oh, he's a smooth oh. talker, Mike. Mm. He's, good at, he's good at talking? He's a tricky man. He's got away with he's words. He's a tricky man. He's got away with words. And as our resident um, smooth brain spokesperson, I, I want you to know, like, what's the likelihood of a smooth brain falling for some of Victor's shenanigans? So, like, I want a damage report. Like, th- would this man have fooled you or any of smooth brain kind? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe. Just, maybe, oh, well, smooth, you, I mean, maybe if he's well, good at talking. Well, well we'll see like, instance well, to instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, take it, we'll, we'll take it step by step. Maybe. <laughs> we'll take it step by step and you let me know if... Uh, this man would have bamboozled you at any point. Oh, let's so, go. Let's get right into it. <laughs> Victor Lustig, probably born around January 4th, 1890. Independence Day. 
January 4th? Yeah. Wasn't it the okay. J? J4. <laughs> J4. <gasps> January 4th. J4. Uh, favorite holiday, yeah. <laughs> I can see Mike out in like cargo shorts trying to grill like a hot dog in like a foot of snow. I would. Oh, that sounds like a good time. I love this country. Roasting my wiener. Yeah, happy yeah. J4, well, everyone. So, Victor's birthplace can only be narrowed down to one of four places. Austria, Hungary, Bohemia, or Poland. It's just, don't know. Big. Don't know. Big Bavaria. Not Bavaria. Big, big old, um... Fuck, what was Germany called before Germany? Uh, uh Prussia? Or Prussia. the Rhine? Prussia, oh, yeah, Prussia. big old Prussia. Prussia! Prussia, real good! When did Germany become a... its own thing? I forgot the year, but it's more recent than you would think. Uh, it's the like, 1800s. 1800s. Yeah, like, oh, okay. yeah, it's yeah, actually younger, oh, wow. than, younger than the United States. Oh, wow. But <laughs> don't let that fool you. Their heritage yeah. runs very, very deep. Lederhosen, motherfucker. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, very, very little known about this uh, man's childhood because of multiple conflicting accounts and the sketchy deets, as usual. His possible backgrounds paint him anywhere from the son of a wealthy burgermeister to the wa- to the unwanted child of two beggars. So, this man can be anything in his early days. I am going to switch careers right now to burgermeister. Yeah, that sounds cool. That would entail you moving to, like, somewhere in Europe. Why? I can't be a burgermeister here? No, because it's it's not... You'd just be a mayor if you were oh. a burgermeister in the United States. Yeah, like the mayor of McDonald's. Oh, I thought I had something to do with burgers, really, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, neighborhoods are called bergs, so if oh, you're a true. burgermeister, like you're a master of burg. Well, yeah. not a neighborhood this place. You could probably get away with it if you had, um... If you... If you had a few franchises in your names, a few McDonald's. Plattsburgh. You you could be yeah, you could be a a burgermeister. I mean, your wife is not gonna stick around that long if you keep calling yourself that. But you would be a burgermeister. <laughs> yeah, Mike. When you the next time you're like having a twosome with a woman, yeah. just be like, Who's your burgermeister? <laughs> oh, I'm the burgermeister. Right? You I'm gonna use yes, that next that, time. That, that's a trick I've term? learned. Is it bad? No. It's, it's it means you're the mayor. You're the big dog. Oh, I'm the hell yeah, I'm you're saying the big that. cheese. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? But, by the way, that's a trick I've learned for my self-esteem, just having sex with your significant other. Call it a twosome. Yeah, hey, girl. You know what I mean? Hey, girl, oh, you ever it, had a twosome? You know what I mean? It's good for your self-esteem. Yeah, it's oh, like, let's have a twosome. I that either. It's good. It's, but where does that leave the idea of getting some, you know? I mean, it doesn't help you, but it helps your self-esteem once you've secured the quote. Well, I thought that's what it was. It was getting some and then threesome. I'm going to have a one-some later. Yeah. <laughs> or just, or just some. <laughs> some. I'm going to do some. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Pluck my pecker. Pinch your inch. My one-inch pecker. <laughs> There's only one Easy good mind. inch on it. <laughs> the rest is all burnt many, and scabby. Many inches, one good one. Like, oh, this one's this inch is rusted. Anyway, his biography begins to solidify during his school days in France. He was noted to be a truant fuckwad that neglected his studies for the sake of gambling and hunting poon. Sounds like my kind of guy. Yeah. Did he mount the poon on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not what you do with that. He definitely had it stuffed. <laughs> Zing ha. Oh, uh, he got some. Hey, Victor, why is your homework late? I was too busy find, playing find the lady being the burger and playing find the lady bits. Ha ha. Ha. Victor was a prodigy 
at card sharking. It was said he could make a deck of cards do anything short of sing. So he's he's a sly little fuck. You know what I mean? He's good with the cards. Probably not the most noble and honest way to make a living, but he's a fantastic card shark. Oh. Trick you, got a double flush. Read him and weep, boys. Double flush. That's That's when you go, it's, the turd is very big, and you have to double flush, courtesy, boys. Yeah, Read him and courtesy weep. Courtesy flush. Yeah, I know. Th- that does tell our audience a lot about how Travis plays cards, usually just to scrape the shit on the, off the side of his toilet bowl. <laughs> double yeah. flush. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he's a scam artist, is what you're saying? Yeah, oh, Mike. Okay, okay. That's the whole smooth talk, smooth brain thing yeah. you agreed to earlier. <laughs> so he was. Tr- All right, I gotcha. So he's tricky a, man. He's a yeah, shitty, he's tricky little, man, yeah. Mike. So, Shit. and he's also he's also got superhuman dexterity and sleight of hand. You okay. know what I mean? So he's the type of guy he walks past you. You can steal the glasses off your face. Oh, he's quick. He's quick. He's slick. He's slick, and he's tricky. He'll bump into you and okay. steal your shit. Yeah, he's that type of fucker. Yeah. Oh, like so, sorry, bloke. Didn't mean to bump into you. I don't know why I'm doing English. He's uh, he's German. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I'm sorry, bloke. I didn't mean to dump into you. Oh, oh, I stole your dick by accident. Here's your <laughs> dick. Good He'll, thing like, I got his balls still. <laughs> didn't tell him that. That's half of the trick. It's distraction. Oh, yeah, misdirection. That's oh how it works. no, my that happens to me all the time. I don't even know it. Fuck. <laughs> you have no idea. You're always complaining about money. It's like you have millions of dollars stolen from you every day. Possibly by the government. Yeah, but sometimes they, like, they say mm. I have to give it, and they have they just do. Just take it. I have to just take it. Yeah, take yeah. It. Mike's car bill was take- only for like thirty eight dollars, and you paid him a thousand. Yeah, I just have to take it. <laughs> Can you break a thousand dollar bill? <laughs> Look over there. <laughs> All right, have a nice day. Here's your receipt. Whoa! Damn it! At the age of nineteen, our boy Vic gets into a spot of bother when he covets a taken girl. The jealous, enraged boyfriend drew a knife and attempted to gouge out Victor's eyeball. Fortunately for Vic, he is pretty quick on the uptake and was able to dodge. However, it did leave a humongous scar on the left side of his face. Oh, we're talking Bond villain shit! Yes. This might sound familiar because exactly the same thing happened to Al Capone. Ah. Yeah. If you can remember that past roast mortem episode, he hit on someone that he shouldn't have. The jealous boyfriend got a knife and fucked his face up, and that's why Al Capone's known as Scarface. Oh. Well, to be fair, too, this guy's fast with his hands. He's good with his hands. Like, Al oh, Capone like was this. just a sausage boy. Like, yeah. he. Yeah, syphilitic sausage man. He, he had the dexterity of spatulas. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about pasta, or are we talking about uh, Spetzel? Ah, Spetzel. Spetzel today. Yeah. So, Al Capone's nickname was Scarface. This con man, because Scarface was already taken, his nickname was simply The Scarred. Less creative, but spooky still. So, so how do we say that in German? Das Scar. I don't know. He's not... He doesn't speak German. Wait. He doesn't speak hey, German. Google, what does he speak? How do you say The Scarred in German? Austrian, maybe? No, he speaks Google French. Stuff. He said he went to school Something in France, there. correct? Oh, yes. yeah, French! He speaks English, French, and a little bit of Italian. He's a triglot. Uh, I, he's almost as me. good as me. I can't there do that. Oh. Yeah. There you go. I know American so. Sign Language, speak Portuguese, English, a little bit of Korean. Um, and and I, Mike. Mike. You speak Mike. And I break it down. And I speak Ebonics. Know what I mean? There you- I speak I, I English. Do. I speak English and American. And you know. Muzzy. Speaking sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, turns out 
dexterity and sleight of hand skill sets translate beautifully when picking Parisian pockets in France. So this guy would make ends meet by disappearing into a crowd and liberating the wallets from unsuspecting fucks. Do French people carry wallets or do they just have expensive breads in their pockets? Either way, if it's expensive, yeah, you can awesome. fence that shit yeah, for money. Well, I'm just hype. saying, it's a little bit harder to steal a loaf of bread sticking out of someone's back pocket than... Break off a piece. Wallet. You ever see those fancy like European wallets that are just like, um, they're like uh, moleskins that are like that big, and guys open them up, and they try not to look gay somehow with them? <laughs> I've never seen that. I actually have one. I believe you. Yeah, I got one. Oh. I got one from a family friend. It's pretty nice. So what's your I'll, tip? I'll never what's your, use it. What's your tip on not looking gay? Not using it? No, yeah, just use a uh, another well, wallet. Well, it's also like their currency is like a travel like brochure. It. It's like the size of a travel brochure. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, what, am I, what am I getting today? Oh, 50 pound euros. And it's <sighs> like, you know. Well, <laughs> these are francs. These are francs at the time, mind you. Yeah, franc. So I got a he's picking pockets. He's picking pockets. Um, Victor was stated by the authorities to be elusive as a puff of cigarette smoke to this guy's like in and out, like he's in the wind. Like a fucking um, magician. Like a magician, magician almost. An evil magician. What kind of cigarette? Uh, let's oh. say Lucky's. Lucky Strikes. Wow. Paul Mall. Mm-hmm. Or he could have also just been so regular looking. And we are in France right now. Everyone is constantly in a cigarette smoke cloud. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Either way, uh, it works. Our boy Victor would eventually transition from pickpocket life to cat burglar life, or in period terminology, sneak thief. Ha! I fucking love that. Me Are you too. a sneak thief? Oh, I little sneak thief. Ooh. Sneak thief. Yeah, so he's a cat burglar, Mike, not oh, what a, a regular burglar. Yes. Fucked up, taking someone's pet. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that's, not, that's not how that works, Mike. Cat burglar oh, just, just like means you don't cats like stray cats. Like, was like, no, Mike. Do you cat. honestly not know what cat burglar means? Uh, what do you mean? Is this kidnapping cats? Dude, no, all right. Mike, so say if there's like means... no, no. I can explain it. It's like you're on the other side of town, never been there before, and there's this gnarly rail that no one's ever hit. And you're about to hit the gnarly rail, then some oh, sneaks in there, hits up. that gnarly ra- no. rail, oh, gets like, the thrasher one, uh, endorsement. One up or like uh no. Cody, what up? What up? But stealing something. uh, You got a snake, I guess. What you're gonna do? This would be a great representation of the convex concave bowl. (laughs) Yeah, conversation. No, we get it, dude. Cody, explain it. Explain it. So you're in snake. Uh, A cat burglar. What he wanted? No, no. Listen to what a cat burglar is. A cat burglar is a non-violent burglar. This is someone oh, that a regular is, burglar yeah, goes okay, into your house, okay. puts a gun in your face, and is like, fill up the bag. A cat burglar does all of that without knowing you're there because okay. they're on cat like feet and they're sneaky, sneak thief. You ever, see, like, movie, you ever see movies where like someone yeah, breaks into it? Yeah, now. like someone breaks into it. They yeah. don't want to be detected at all. Like that's, a classic thief. Like he's like tiptoeing around trying to. Pink get Panther, hurt. all that yeah. shit. Yeah, that's a cat burglar. Yes. So that, that's an important point because. Although Victor Lustig is a dastardly fuck, he is an entirely non-violent fuck. Throughout his entire life and criminal career, he would never arm himself or resort to fisticuffs. I like him. So he's like, he's He's a, 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 yes, he's a thief of standards. Yeah. Keep that in mind. 
I've done some so. sneaky peas where I don't think I've gotten the surrounding area besides the dirt wet. Uh, I feel like a violent peer would pee all over a wall. But I can get in some really tight spaces and pee, and there'd be no splash on your car or on a wall. So I'm like a cat pisser. All right. <laughs> sure. I'll go with it. I just noticed you're wearing a handkerchief. You okay? Oh, yeah, no. It's the corona. You got hickeys? No, it's corona. Yeah. It's just you're in your house. Do this. Uh, I know, but now. I just wear it all day. I'm like, here we go. I'd love Tandy. to rob a bank. Yeah, I'm about Sometime to rob soon. banks, dog. Yeah, right. That'd be sick. So, you want to do that, dude? You want, you want to get back on my intern <laughs> yeah, program? It, yeah. We'll go rob a bank together. I'll tell you what to do. I'll sit nice. in the car. Yeah. All right. You're the getaway <laughs> driver. You better be good at driving, man. Fuck. I'm very good at driving. I drive a stick shift. It's oh. a Jeep, but it's a stick shift. Oh, I play a lot of Grand Theft Auto. I robbed a lot of banks. Well, uh, we're going to have to edit this out so uh, we can't be alleged lead in this. That's one thing I learned from Will on my other podcast. Yeah. Anyway, Cody, continue. Yes. So he is a uh, man that doesn't resort to violence because with a 97.5 success rate, yes, I fucking did the math, Victor would be able to smooth talk, bribe, bail, or just straight out escape from any future sticky situations. He's real good, wow. guys. Wait, we talk about a Harry houdini Harry Houdini if he was a unsavory type. Okay. I'm saying used car salesman. They can just fucking scam you so hard. Mm, that's true. All right, Mike. Go I'll give words. you that. They're, they're good with words, I would say. Uh, yeah, he's got Deals. a hot. He's got a hot wife. Correct. I think so. Right. He's Maybe I wife. just made that up. Maybe I think all used car dealerships have like really hot but angry wives. Yeah, he's that's how they get paid. Yeah. They get paid in wife. That's the only reason they're doing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'd mm -hmm. rather be homeless than a, than a used car dealer. And no, nothing personal against them, but goddamn, that's got to be a job where you have to just kind of talk through your teeth all the time. Oh yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, this is fine. <laughs> there isn't a living skunk in the trunk. <laughs> Never mind those noises. That's just the weed. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, that's the animate <laughs> weed the that can't be trunk. killed. <laughs> it's just skunk in the trunk. I had to smoke a lot of weed. Don't worry, we're in California. Yeah. <laughs> Passing through Oregon. Legal. Yeah, God, I've never, a guy, I've never seen so many dead whores in trunks before in my life. <laughs> Don't worry about it. They're included. Doesn't come with the car. I gotta, gotta take care of that later. Yeah, these aren't dead mm -hmm. whores. They're sex That's dolls. That's the Saigon whore that bit my nose off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just sleeping. Love it. I'm gonna just quote dirty yeah. work for the rest of the episode. Still aged 19, in 1909, Victor crosses the pond and moves to New York City. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. He's Big gonna time. hit the Lower East Side. He's gonna slide on the left side. Go to He Queens. hits Broadway, Travis. Broadway. Broadway. Yes, he hits Broadway. Uh, in America, before we get there, I would just want you to know, uh, he would spend his entire life ping-ponging back from New York City to Paris to, quote-unquote, lie low and refresh his suckers. Damn, smart man. So in America, he would add the prefix count to his name to fake European nobility and fraternize with affluent American suckers. This, of course, was an in-joke from his card-sharking days of accurately, quote-unquote, counting cards. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm the count. So, it's, a, it's a cute in-joke for himself. He's not <laughs> actually European uh, royalty. Wait, so he's uh, like that lady that tricked those rich dudes uh, like uh, two years ago? Uh, no, you hear know, about what, that? Which, some, which one? Which one? One one in ten women. One in ten women. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> most of them. 
No, there was some bitch that was like going around Wall Street saying that she was like the some princess of like an Eastern European country and like Great. tricking all these like fucking douchebag mindless Wall Street brokers like, oh, yeah, I'm banging a fucking princess right now. She literally had like no money and just was stealing it off from them. That's wow. I mean, That's they both hero. came out on top. They both yeah. came out on top. I'm yeah. like, you know, the guys got the. The stinky vagina they wanted, <laughs> and she got to bang rich guys. What it's else? Well, their stinky money. vagina. Yeah, yeah, she was a prostitute without actually getting into the verbal agreement part. I heard just it. skipping it, just skipping it, which is yeah. fine. I got no problem with that. No, it's great. I was we saying she's a hero. Yeah, I'd do it. Oh man. Also, no, Mike, don't do it. <laughs> I was going to say, also, you say that he calls himself the Count, and he's snickering to himself like, oh, It's because of cards. cards. I hate that guy. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I hate like this. What's, yeah. I hate when someone makes a joke to themselves and lives up yeah. to it and thinks that other people might like that. Nobody likes your own joke, ever. I have, joke. I have friends who have told me things that they thought were funny, and they're not. I'm probably they're one of just, them. <laughs> yeah, you've done it. I've done it, too. I've done it to you. Every time I do it, I go, why the fuck did I even say that? Why is that funny? Yep. I think you guys are yep. always funny. Come on. <sighs> Thanks, Mike. Mike, why are you being so nice? I think your brain's made out of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis, it is. Yeah. It's like the... All right, I'll drink to that one. All right, cheers, boys. I was just saying. Uh, it's with cream. That, that guy cream. is lives in all of us, and God, he's annoying. I almost envision the guy that, like, you know, he like set up a Bitcoin machine back in high school, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. And he's like, oh, look at me. I'm making so much money. <laughs> in reality, it's like 13 cents an hour yeah. and he's still proud of it. Well, 10 years later, he's a fucking billionaire, probably. Nah, well, this guy's probably a count billionaire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got hit by a car beforehand. He was, well, he, he was killed by a Honda Accord. Yeah. You can laugh because it's only a theoretical <laughs> man. Man, it was a Honda Accord. If that kills you, like, what kind of man are you? Yeah, right? You deserve to die if you get hit by one at of those. Least, Even at up least to take 95. it to coma. <laughs> at least 95 <laughs> miles an hour, you could survive. Anyway, let's continue. Yeah. Yes. As I said, Victor hit Broadway, and his first American scams was to uh, feign being a director of plays. He's like, ha. Huh. A lot of balls, this dude. I'd be, like, so Let fucking me... nervous to do that shit. Like, pretend to be that shit. Yeah, he's right. like, I, I, I'm a writer. I'm a director. Here's, here's a plot. Here's the play I want to do. Uh, let's, let's start fundraising for the play, and then when the funds were quote unquote raised, he'd just disappear. <laughs> Love like, him. He, he, uncreative but solid scam. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Shit. Yeah. So that. Yeah, but think yeah. about all the actors that he screwed yes. over. Actor screwed over, yeah, props up. screwed over, makeup screwed over. <laughs> Poor props. Stage. Here's the prop yeah. room. It feels like an <laughs> orphanage, more so than usual. <laughs> Fucking screwed everyone over. I'm a thespian uh, that deserves to be paid a full wage. And the director has got off, has finished. Excuse me, sir. Can I, can I please have one hot dog with mustard no. and one hot dog without mustard? You want sauerkraut on that? Yes. Oh, uh, yes, one? Mr. Thespian, that was your name? Mm. I'll take yeah. that. Here is your hot dog! Oh, thank you very thank much. You. Good luck in the future. 
Hope that guy comes back. Speaking of sauerkrauts, World War One is kicking off, and because of German U-boats, our boy Victor can't cross the pond oh, to shit. lay low from his Broadway fuckery. So he goes the other direction and makes his way to Kansas City to set up shop there. Nice. So, Cody, I love that. Speaking of sauerkraut, continue. Good. Good. Worked it in. Also, Worked barbecue. Good. Kansas That's City. That's fun play. There you go. Speaking of fucking sausage mongers, we didn't weren't even talking about sausages. So anyway. No. Well, Broadway, but yes, Mike. Uh, Victor would concoct a deviously clever scam, and I think this thing is genius. It was called the Romanian box. Ready? Are you ready for the Romanian box? Mike, <clears throat> I'm going to run this by you. Okay. You let me know if this is something a smooth brain would bite, <laughs> bite onto. All right, I'm, okay? I'm going to try and be as... All right, I'm envisioning this okay. now. Gotta... Ready? Imagine, <laughs> okay. imagine, if you will, a lead and mahogany chest. Roughly okay. the size of a cinder block. Where am I okay. now, though? Where, like, where is it? Kansas, 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 like, I'm just in Kansas like a, City. Where am I in Kansas, though? Like, am I in like a Walmart? You're, you're Walmart. At Walmart. You're at Vi no. <laughs> you're at Victor's house. Is this you're yard? in Victor's like fucking bed and breakfast that he's renting, and he's oh, okay. like, like, I want to show oh, you. Oh, I got you. I, yeah, I want to show you something called the oh, Romanian I'd be box. The fuck yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck okay. is this thing? So, it's a chest. It's a oh, chest wait, about the size. My face. I'm trying to ready. Chest about the size of a cinder block. Uh, made of mahogany and lead. The top opens up, and on the front of the box, you see gauges and knobs, right? And it's, it's good looking. It's a good looking box, Mike. Okay. Uh, if you peek inside the box, you see a scroll of paper, various vials and chemicals, and Victor is uh, wary to show you the inside of the box because he tells you there's a radioactive core oh, inside wow. the box. So he's like, take a quick peek, but not too long, and he closes the lid on you. And he, Victor tells you, if you use this thing properly, it could perfectly duplicate any United States banknote you put into it. Oh, like some fraud so, shit? This, he's selling this box, which is pretty much a portable and automatic counterfeiting machine. Ooh. If it was, like, whatever, yeah, it's probably, what, 1917, right? It was World War uh, I, right? Yeah, we're yeah. yeah I'd be like, we're, we're fuck yeah, I'm doing that. Let me get that. This thing. I want to make some money. There you go. So when properly used, this box duplicates any United States banknote. There's only two catches, Mike. Yeah. The duplication process takes six hours, and the box has a price tag of thirty thousand dollars. Oh, I it's thirty thousand. I have to buy it for thirty thousand dollars. The box is for sale for thirty thousand dollars. Hey, I'm and going back up to my room, man. This is fucking too much money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not even worth it. But Mike, just so you know, if you use the box properly, it pays for itself after I think two hundred and twenty-four days. I'm Keep thinking that in mind. too much in the future. I think I'd be like, "Oh, this is a fucking scam! Like this is like some bullshit." But you, back you, then, you wouldn't back bite then, it. I don't know. I'd be like, "Oh, this is like magic or some shit." Maybe I'd be like, "I'm in, into it." All right, I'd say, yeah, let, let me tell you. Let me tell you how Victor would demonstrate the Romanian box. Vic oh, would show yeah, off I'd the have, exterior. I'd have to have him prove it to me. Like I'd have to All see right, some here we, type of like, proof. <laughs> Here's what Victor like does. He shows, you, he shows you the box. You know what I mean? He's like fidgeting with the knobs and dials up front on the box. Like there's, you know, some precision involved. He lets you, the Mark, we're using con man terminology. His name's see Mike. The interior His name's Mike, not Mark. Mark. No. He lets Mike. you, Mark, see the, the guts of the box, but he closes it quick because he doesn't want you to get radiation poisoning. And then he inserts a crispy $100 bill into the box. And then he tells you, now we wait for six hours. <laughs> And he takes you out, he wines and dines you, he brings you to a strip club or whatever. Wait, 
And then your uh, wife's head is in the box when you get back from being wine and dying. No. What's in I the really box? Don't. I'd be so dumb back. back then. I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, this is like, about a hundred years ago. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It's like magic, man. I'd be like, fuck. I probably would be really into it, honestly. If you like, was gassing it up, like, fucking, it, it's like. Yeah, and he's gassing it up. Yeah. So, he's so Cody, you're telling us he. Uh, so now he showed you the box. He's fed the dollar, the the hundred dollar bill, and you're out to he dinner. He takes you now. out. Yep, he yeah. takes you out for a Red night. Lobster. Wines, dines you. Takes you to Red Lobster. Takes you to a strip club. <laughs> and just before the six hour mark, he brings you back to the box, and out pops a duplicate hundred dollar bill along with the original. So it's a non destructive process. Oh. So he, he turns $100 bill into $200 bills. And the replica is so perfect, Mike, the serial numbers are identical. <gasps> yeah, I'd probably fall for it. If he like, did that, I'd be like, oh shit, it so, works. All right, I'm doing it. And then, and then to extra super prove himself, Victor would bring the twin $100 bills to a bank along with his mark and deposit them without any fuss from the bank teller. Wait, I but just need Ken- 30 grand. Oh, I yeah, just need you, that. I just need 30 grand to do it. You need like 30 grand, and it pays money. for itself. It pays Back for itself too, under a year. Shit. Yeah, that's, the, what is that, like 400 grand? Can wow. it? Something to that degree. Like can it? Like your house or some shit. Can it More. duplicate cold cuts? Is my no. question. Just no, bills? At US, any U.S. bill. Bullshit. Well, I want to duplicate my roast beef. Okay, you can duplicate a $100 bill and then buy $100 worth of roast beef. Cody, now you're, it's too complex for me. I don't know about Mike. Okay. You're testing it on out. Mike, so I'm sitting no, no, it out. No, no. All right. Cody, let me, sit it out. Excited. let me ask the hard-hitting questions here. Um, so how did he get that bill that had the same serial number? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure you've guessed it because the, t- the title of this episode is Victor Lustig Con Man, not Victor Lustig Master Counterfeiter. Right. Victor Lustig would go to the bank before he meets his mark and then ask for a run of sequential dollar bills. Oh, so, like, smart. they would s- say it would be a run from 420 to 429, the last three digits of these bills. Sick. Victor would doctor the single last digit on each bill so they were all 420. Dank. 420. Wow. Ah. That's great. You know what I mean? So, he, you know, so if the last digits were 425, he just changed that five into a zero, and then suddenly he's got ten hundred dollar bills where the serial number ends in 420 for each of them so what if i had a hundred dollar bill and it just so happened to have a whole bunch of blood along the edge from maybe a few days ago that wouldn't be tested no but i'd be like victor you need to you need Mm. to duplicate this vicky vicky my boy guys um i'm steeping in this right now you might notice i'm pretty silent because I usually mm-hmm. talk too much. But now, <clears throat> I want to do this today. Yeah. Because that's the perfect scam. You need a sucker. You need some hard suckers. Though. You need a sucker who's willing to compromise his own integrity. This is not oh, someone yeah. who you're that's saying... Part of the, this is not part of like a Ponzi scam. scheme where you're taking someone's money and saying you're investing it and making it work for them. You're just... You're, you're getting someone who is willing to counterfeit money. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm, cannot mm-hmm. go to the police. They cannot That's exactly do anything. What happened. It's genius. You just take the money yep. and you go, aha! 
<laughs> Suck my whole inch. Gotcha, bitch. Suck my Irish inch, rather. There <laughs> mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> That's so, brilliant. I love yeah. this guy. Yes. And it explains why the bank teller wasn't suspect, because the bill still has all its security measures and watermarks. Unless the bank teller was some kind of rain man that could tell an 11-digit serial number was identical, there was nothing to fear. Because it is a real bill, just with a tampered digit. Dude, you know, you know that you'd be the, Cody, you personally would be that bank man to be like, um, excuse me, this one's weed marijuana for 20, and this one's 6969 blowy. Uh, something's fishy here. Okay, and here's the thing. If the bank teller was a rain man, Victor could be extra super safe and use some of his little sleight of hand to swap out the tampered bill just before handing it over. Oh, you know what I mean? So playing cards in front of him, distract him. Yeah. Victor! <laughs> and then, you know, Victor would look at his mark and be like, this is for sale for $30,000. And yes, the box would pay for itself in 224 and a half days if you ran it around the fucking clock. And then now after because that, you can just jerk it, it, off all the time. Is this you can, is this you can the is this the formation? Did he inspire like almost every video game where you have to grind? Maybe right. Oh, like God. this is just like somebody going out there. Like oh yeah, you can run this for like six oh, yeah. hours a day and get your one token. You know, yep, yep, yep. I get those diamonds or, or in Mooncraft. In Mooncraft. 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 Yeah, so because there was um, another six uh, six hundred dollar bills in the machine, it would spit it out every six hours. So Victor essentially invested six hundred dollars to buy him four days to get the fuck out of Dodge. So the, the the box actually worked the first six times you used it. You know what I mean? That's amazing! Yeah. Wow. So like it would be a six hour timer, and it would spit out a bill that had his, that ended in four twenty. And you'd think everything is fine. Like, I have a counterfeiting box. Until the seventh time you try and counterfeit the $100 bill, it shot out, you know, a blank dud. And then you'd be like, oh, I only got $600 bill. I only got 600 bucks after investing 30000 That was uh, smart. How many people did he fuck over with this thing? Enough that got him in trouble later on in his life. Well, also, oh, is he guy. fucking people over and then staying in Kansas City? Like, is he no, no, no. He's around. Like, while the box is spitting out its last six bills, he's vanishing to another city and doing it again. Oh wow! Oh, okay. Because oh, I, I, I probably I forgot to mention man. it. Yes, I forgot to mention. Um, it takes six hours to duplicate, and then the box has a twelve-hour cooldown. <laughs> So if you put six if you put six hundred dollars worth of bills in it, that buys you four days to go somewhere else and try it again. And if you're <sighs> Victor, a man that can disappear like a puff of cigarette smoke, four days is more than enough time to change your identity and move to a different. This city. guy is a genius. I'm so mad. Oh my. He's God. the best. I love him. Yeah. If he did that shit to me. I'm fucking making my mission mm-hmm. to find him and fucking kick his head in. Well, Mike. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes. Just off the record. Do you have $30,000 I can borrow? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, back to the show. So, remember that radioactive core? Yeah. Victor claimed that was necessary to x-ray the internal security threads and watermarks of the bill to duplicate They had that the shit The 1917 money. Yeah. Really? <laughs> really or, intense. Like, 
to to get the opacity. Okay, right. I was you know saying I mean? they don't have like the little weird. No, not like the microchip, yeah. like micro printing, but like the watermarks. But in reality, he probably definitely lied about the radioactive core just so people wouldn't poke around the guts of the box. Do you yeah. know if you're ever trying to test a hundred and this is like legit? You know, you can hold up to the light or whatever. You're not supposed to Draw do that. It. You're not supposed to do that nowadays. We work in retail. Because, like, it's disrespectful or some shit. Yes, you just use the marker. Yeah, but no, the real way to do it is if you wrap it around your penis and start stroking, your penis mm -hmm. will turn blue. Oh, yeah? So anyone yes. working in retail, if you ever get 100 or 50, it turns orange if you have a 50. Um, but just start inch, doing inch. it. If you have, you an, inch, have an inch, you're going to have an in orange inch. Yeah, just orange inch. Oh, okay. There you go. Sweet. You ever I, seen the I had a bitch... I had a bitch double check a five dollar bill I handed her once. I was like, <laughs> she, she was really? probably a little um, too nice, little little yeah. touch of tism. Yeah, like held it up and everything. Five dollars? Okay, Who cares? Monopoly. I don't know. I, I don't even check hundreds because I don't take cash. There you go. Smart. My paid yep. pal. So, and as Tom put together earlier, on top of all this, once the pigeon realized he'd been duped. To report this to the authorities, he's got to A, admit to being a dumbass, and also B, admit to being a wannabe counterfeiter. <laughs> well, well so people, they're, they're not going to admit that. to being dumbasses all the, all the time. That they seems to not be it. an issue. It's the <laughs> counterfeiting, because they know what they're getting into. You counterfeit yes. a $20 bill, you're going to jail for fucking at least six months. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if you're like, well, federal I was, crime, I was Mike. trying to counter bill. Counter bill. I was trying to counterfeit. Ow, ow. Yeah, you're dead. You have no life anymore. <laughs> so a single. How many? It's like a week. It's a yeah, federal it's, crime. I mean, they'll throw, there's, they'll there's, throw in you a week and make you suck someone's penis. Oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Probably the warden's penis. Hey. I mean, you like warden penis, Mike? Yeah. Literally, someone always is first. Someone just died because of a counterfeit bill, and it really started oh, yeah. riots across the country. <laughs> yeah. For, for, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. which is such uh, a ridiculous thing that you know. I mean, it's a counterfeit bill. Oh no. Well, well, like, not like we're trying to moralize on this goddamn episode, but right, that's that's quite the overreaction. Yeah, someone well, shot yeah. someone because of a fake bill. No, the George Floyd thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had either a fake <laughs> check or a fake bill, and and he died because that shit was of it. terrible. But still tragic. Back to this man running yes. spaghetti all so over the. Country. That's the Romanian box thing. It would earn Victor about twenty nine thousand dollars every time because there's still there's some setup you got to get you know a thousand dollars of uh, hundreds to fucking doctor and you got to also wine and dine the guy for a fucking few hours but he'd walk away with twenty eight to twenty nine thousand dollars net gain every time so this is how wow. he you know starts putting a little skrilla in his pockets uh, by nineteen nineteen Victor marries a pretty redhead named Ro Roberta Norit and. Roberta was a wife, but she was more used as a courier of money as for Victor, either as bail or bribe money just to get him out of sticky situations. She put up with this because she loved him. Um, Victor, realizing his lifestyle may attract some unsavory fucks, uh, wanted to keep Roberta safe. So he would have her check in and out of hotels constantly to put her up, but keep her constantly on the move so no one could get her. No one can get unsavory mitts on her and, you know, threaten Victor. With, Why not just you know, buy her a gun? Wife. I don't know. Well, that's... I mean, All right, Roberta, remember, I'm in a less than savory 
career path right here, and uh, some people might not exactly <laughs> address us during business hours strictly. So, yes. if you could, wherever you go, have a gun. A bazooka, preferably. I mean, she literally yeah. had a natural defense going for her. You said she was a ginger? Yeah. So, like, her, her, her area was on fire all the time. Oh, so many unsavory, really funny, unsavory really gentlemen on, tried to do you're, something. You know, you're offensive. You're an offensive joker. I, I have friends who are redheads, and I uh, also like speak their language and shit, dog. Okay, <laughs> is it yeah. is it this hard to teach tar to tar Irish? Hello, <laughs> it might be, but I don't want to uh, characterize it. <laughs> oh, so my God. don't worry, uh, we're all two... Irish on the show. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> even Cody, even yep. he's even half the Asian, even the Asian, Asian is yeah. Irish. Yeah, <laughs> the Irish Asian guy is Irish. Wow, what a yeah. good way to preface the show. My last name is McGann. <laughs> uh, the two eventually have a daughter named Betty Jean. Uh, Betty Victor Jane. would also sh Betty Jean, and Victor would shower wife and daughter with gifts to keep them happy as he shuffled him throughout uh, upscale hotels. That's but nice. It's all anyone wants. I just it's want nice. He's a family man, you know, he loves him, but it's a little weird because of his profession. He's a scumbag. Some two people, not to his family. Yeah, yeah. He likes his family. Well, we'll get into it, Mike, later. Well, what she uh, turned 18, he just like was like, hey, uh, how much money you put away? Yeah. You want, you want to <laughs> yeah. see this box I got? <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. I don't need you, uh, family. <laughs> Sometime... <laughs> God Sometime damn. in 1920, Victor was back on his shit and started picking pockets again. I don't know. I guess the Romanian racket was a little. Slow. Are you saying yeah. Romanian or Romanian? It's not Romanian, as in the ethnicity. It's rum. Imagine that word with a U instead of oh, an O. Okay. So it's Romanian. I don't do know why make, he named it. Do you it make that. up a place like your other guy, Salamanzar or whatever, who was just like, well, oh, Romania, where they all drink blood. <laughs> But it's I not blood, it's pasta sauce. He literally picked a place he knew and then changed one letter, it sounds like. <laughs> okay. I like it. So, uh, he's picking pockets again. Maybe a slow day with the Romanian box uh, racket. Uh, he picks the pocket of a fucker named Linus Merton. And he goes to the wall. <laughs> Dude, if, I've, if your name is Linus Merton, you get your pocket picked every day. Every day. Yeah, God. <laughs> He's a guy That's who wears cargo pants, and every pocket is picked. Yeah, you have a chain wallet, but somehow your <laughs> pocket gets picked. They steal the chain. Oh, yeah. no, my wallet's gone. Well, Linus, Linus, what's wrong? Martin. I just Nothing. tried to buy they a pizza. They just stole all my wallets yeah. again. <laughs> I was just trying to buy a slice of pizza, and they stole my money. Could I get a pizza? You don't have any money, Linus. <laughs> mm. Oh, you Linus has pizza. Linus has a shitload of money. Vector oh, goes through okay, his wallets man. and discovers Linus might be a man of affluence. He's like, oh shit, it's a nice wallet. There's some nice credit cards and nice business cards in here. This guy, it might be worth returning the wallet to this fucker. And that's exactly what Ooh. Victor does. He returns the wallet to Linus saying, hey, found this on the street, buddy. How are you? <laughs> My name's Victor. So generous. I mm -hmm, like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the two, the two wine and dine and get to know each other. And after gaining Linus's trust, Victor lays a scheme on Mr. Merton. Victor reveals he, quote unquote, knows a guy. Uh, specifically, a guy who's a 
Telegrapher, the guy that does telegraphs. And said telegrapher was responsible for receiving and handing off the results of pony races to a local gambling house. Mm. Mm. Nice. Victor said, Victor said he can instruct his telegrapher buddy to delay in forwarding race results for the gambling establishment for an entire minute without raising suspicion. Here, at, okay. Go on. So here's a pro tip. If you're ever in a new town, sure. go to the OTB, ask for their Chinese food. Some of the best Chinese food you're going to have. Oh, really? Yeah, OTB. food there? They want to keep you in that building as long as possible. So. <laughs> Never been there. Yeah. Don't go. It's not Nathan's. Dude, their general toes <laughs> are great. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that. So this telegraph guy can hold up the telegraph results for an entire minute. And in that minute, he could secretly hand them off to Victor. And Victor, literally in the last minute, can make game-breaking bets because he knows who wins the race before the results oh. are posted. So we can bet huge on who places, who shows, and I don't know, what the, what's the other thing? It's place, uh, show, I, I forget, scores. I don't, bet on, I don't bet on races. No. He knows who won the no. pony race before the gambling house does. So Victor just ripped off Back to the Future. Easy. There you go. Yeah, the sports yeah, element. Awesome yeah. Easy. But the future is only 60 seconds away. In this case, yeah, I mean, Back to the F- Future, written by Shakespeare. We covered him. Mm-hmm, Easy mm-hmm. ripoff, low hanging fruit. So, Victor would m- place this last minute bet and make hundreds, thousands, maybe. Here's the surprising thing: Victor is being one hundred percent honest when he says this to Linus. He actually does have an inside guy that does this racket for him. Oh wow! So, okay, nice. The only the, o- the only thing is it's short-term profitable because you know gambling houses you can imagine would catch on there's regular audits the pit boss would realize oh the house loses like crazy money yeah literally in the last minute only in the last minute the house loses crazy so victor's telegraph guy you know would get a pink slip and two shattered kneecaps if he was ever caught so this is only a this is only a this is a short-term racket you know stop all your head move on type deal so not forever. Yeah, though, I mean, Mart. betting isn't exactly the most savory crowd, I can imagine. I no. would tend to disagree. Okay. But also, I am a scumbag. There you go. <laughs> so for an entire week, Victor would take Linus's money and make a killing at the gambling houses, taking the results and making huge last-minute bets and raking in the dough. Mm. Damn. However... One day, Victor fabricates a bogus story and breaks some bad news to Linus. Victor sobs and says his telegraph guy's wife is gravely sick and needs to relocate to receive special treatment. So the the, the telegraph guy has to take his wife and move away. But, silver lining, there's exactly one more race scheduled before he has to move. Huh? Oh. Uh, uh, all right. I don't know if you folks so, at home can hear this, but I am rubbing my palms. Like yeah, I'm watching Ooh, Tom, Tom that's smoking. You know how Cody was trying to bait uh, Mike last time with the, the Romanian box? You have baited oh, Tom. Yeah. I can see it in his face. He's like, all right, I'm sold. I- I'm in. All right. I'm, <laughs> in. I'm a total degenerate. Throw it everything it in. I like to have fun. 
and possibly on the edge. Especially if there's money involved. Yeah. Yeah. Money is fun. Some people say money can't buy happiness, but those people are, uh, well. Oh, that's, that's scientifically proven false. Knuckle chucks. Knuckle chucks, I believe, would hot be the. Hot dogs? Yeah. Hot, uh, <laughs> dude, there's lots of things that make me happy. Dude, I Nachos. like this beer. You know what I had to do to get this beer? I had to use money. <laughs> yeah. I so, thought you were gonna say how to steal. So Tom, <laughs> Tom is. I, I may have actually, actually no. Gabby bought me this beer because I have a wonderful girlfriend. There you go. Oh, that you that you paid for. Yes, I had to pay for. Tom is all <laughs> in on soggy biscuit right now, and it's mm. gonna go down. So, silver lining, one <laughs> last race, and Linus Linus Merton sees his uh, golden egg laying goose about to fly south permanently. So he's just like, oh, shit, only one race. Let's pull the entire life savings out <laughs> and bet on the pony that's going to win. <laughs> so Linus hands Victor $30,000 of life savings in what I presume is a burlap sack with a huge dollar sign on yeah. it. <laughs> Wait, what's up with $30,000 at this time period? Was that like the most money people had? Maybe. <laughs> or th the most that was unregulatedly drawn, withdrawn from No, that's the highest well, I mean, thing that's the, the highest that could count. It's probably more than 30 the grand. Romanian, there, yeah. The Romanian box was $30,000. This guy <laughs> yeah. who apparently had a lot of money had $30,000. What is what is the correlation? Here? I think you mentioned well, it. Bigger, three, bigger numbers weren't invented. Well, yeah, then. Tom, I think you mentioned oh. it on the last episode. If you had more than $30,000, it was just like you have two thirty thousand million dollars. Two thirty oh, right, right. Oh, counting one point two. One point two. Yeah, counting yeah. should be done in batches. I still wholeheartedly agree with that. With what I said, <laughs> you weren't here that episode, so, Mike. But counting in batches. What yeah. Do you mean? In short, all right. I'm sorry, Cody. I just got to catch uh, uh, other listeners up. up. Also, bring, Mike. Well, also, no. It's good, speed. Tom, because if you missed it last episode, you can go back. You can earn a college credit if you listen. That's true. It's true. Good point. Uh, but Lay here's a quick summary. Um, counting shouldn't be based on how high the number is. It should be based on multiple numbers. <laughs> okay. So if if I had a hundred of something, no, I don't. You got five fives. I got five twenty. It's close. Five twenty. <laughs> five fives. Okay. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like yeah, you exactly. Know, you I only have five a stack. <laughs> like, I mean, I yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Five a stack. I think it's just more so the. Um, this would this would solve a lot of class issues if people just had the same amount of things but in different. I numbers. like dozens. You know yeah, what I mean? Baker's like, dozens. Dozens. Baker's dozen. You just throw in right, an extra one. Let's decide that what that number is. Nah, dude, don't All right, worry about right. It. So he takes his life savings out, which is one of his thirty thousand. Okay. Yeah, three ten okay, thousands. So he hands it in. Thirty thousands. He's got a bunch of thirty thousand. He brings his life savings out. It's all of that one of, one of them. <laughs> and as you can imagine, Victor just vanishes. Oops. Like. Oops. You, you, you trusted the guy with a burlap sack of money and he disappeared. I'd be like, so mad. Oh my God. Would you have fallen for that, Mike? Probably. If yeah. he's like, if he's like, I can show you how I can foolproof win any bet at the, at the race, you know, back then you had like, the internet house. or anything like to like warn you about people like this really. So I'd yep. be a fucking sucker. You see my redheaded well, wife, she goes in there, she finds a horse that looks nice in the eye, sucks its dick. That's the winner. Like, <laughs> Always wins. Soggy biscuit. Like, sign me up. So Linus Merton is out $30,000 after, you know, weeks of knowing the guy and trusting him and seeing his system works. And then one last big bet, 30000 gone. Linus is like, you kissed my firstborn baby with your pasta you can't lips. Go to the police. Nope. Can't go to the police because you have to admit to cheating, Mike. Also, 
you said that that guy who was doing the bets was still there. Yes, uh, that guy, the the uh, the 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 telegraph guy's name is probably Dapper Dan, and that that's a famous uh, also con man that teams up with her boy Lustig. Dapper Dan is a ex lion tamer and daredevil from a circus that joins Whoa. leagues with uh, <clears throat> Linus. But oh, that's... because we don't. I've heard about right, this guy. Hold, hold. Didn't this guy run a? Yeah. This guy ran a like the lotto, right? Like, didn't he? He, he had like the biggest lotto poll or something. He he's done all sorts of shit. It's just because they have criminal backgrounds and are tight-lipped about it. We don't know what Dapper Dan and Lustig did together because they, no one's going to right. They don't want to admit to it, right? So, but the reason I want he's to probably ask you, the sidekick in most of these scams. Okay, okay. The reason I want to ask you though is that he did get that one thirty thousand dollar life savings, brought it over to him, made the scam he work. Probably made the bet, and he probably made the correct bet and walked away with more than thirty thousand dollars. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like he probably he at least doubled his money. That's how like yeah, I don't, winners. I don't know are, how, Pony races, pony wagers work. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends exactly. on like the, I, I don't understand the all of the 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 uh, fine details of it, but typically probably you're, double a, a winner. I mean, a winner can get a lot more depending on the odds. It's all an odds game, and, uh, and there's a horse, like weird bets. You can a make horse too. that looks really good sometimes you're not going to make a yeah. lot of money back on because you know they're going to win. So like the the odds just work well, out that way. It just but, goes like, with the penis. You look at the horse's penis. Is it long? It's probably got an extra leg to help it get across the the yeah. finish line quicker. Well, that that's the what the odd, the bigger the money. That's what uh, Rebecca, that what the wife, <laughs> said. It wasn't Rebecca, but that Roberta. Yeah, the, the Roberta, Roberta yeah. yeah, she she'd go. Oh, this one had the biggest, and and fucking <laughs> Victor would go. You're a sick woman, but I love you, and then tongue her for ten minutes straight, and then go make three million dollars, or oh, yeah. rather, or rather, Damn. um, yeah, that would be ten. Ten? No, it would be uh, you're retired. A hundred thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> Perfect. It's a good I system, right? Yeah, you see how it rolled out the tongue. Mm. How do you keep it in the bank? Uh, no, because under it's your mattress. money. You put it. Yeah, you make it. It is your mattress. You, you build burr that yeah, shit. Ooh. Yeah, wrap it in tinfoil. Put it under your mattress. In 1922, using the alias of Robert Duvall. Weird, right? Yeah, that is strange. Uh, Victor approaches a bank that's looking to liquidate a ranch, a foreclosed ranch, mind you. Mm. So Victor proposes to purchase said ranch with World War I bonds. And I want you to rest assured, these bonds are, in fact, authentic. They pass authentic, you know, oh, wow. genuine, genuine tests. It, you know, it's post-World War I. These are probably everywhere. Hmm. So Victor's like, give me that, give me that ranch. I'll give you war bonds. And the bank's like, all right, that makes sense. War bonds are at this time almost as good as money. However, Victor overpays or offers about ten thousand dollars more in war bonds than what the ranch is actually worth. And the the bank calls up Victor and is like, hey, you're overpaying for the ranch by about ten thousand dollars worth of war bonds. Something a bank would never do today. No, never. Yeah. Well, the I'm going to say, as a smart man that Victor is, the name of that ranch, Hidden Valley. <laughs> Hidden Valley. <laughs> He's going to be a sauce in air. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be making so much sauce. Do you guys ever... So uh, much Skrilla. 
I mean, I think I have seen that when I go to um, Brooklyn and I go to uh, gastro pubs there. They have um, foreclosed ranch. Oh, <laughs> foreclosed. Yeah, Hidden Hin Valley hey. is the ranch of the common man. But for those who ha- think they have more money than they do, it is foreclosed ranch. Foreclosed. <laughs> yes, I want some wings now. It's vegan too, yeah, dude. Let's get wings that after this. Great. Ooh. Is Bruce so, Brothers open yet? <laughs> that shit closed oh, the fuck down. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, it's closed? Yeah, closed? they got coveted. Oh. Uh, 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 the coveted bruise. The old COVID. <laughs> so Victor overbids the ranch by $10,000. And a normal person like you, me, Travis, maybe Mike, would simply offer 10000 less war bond dollars. But instead, Victor's just like, uh, how about you make up the difference by putting 10,000 more dollars on your side of the transaction. So Victor's like, I'll give you this envelope full of war bonds. You give me the deed for the ranch and 10,000, and then we'll call it even. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, makes mm. sense, makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what happens. Victor brings an envelope of war bonds to the bank. The bank verifies these are, in fact, authentic articles. They are real war bonds. And they accept. They load up an envelope full of the ranch deed and $10,000 as requested by Victor. And with a cheeky bit of sleight of hand, Victor walks out with his envelope, the bank's envelope, and leaves a dummy decoy envelope for the bank to discover later. Nice. Ooh, a little switcheroo. A little quick switcheroo. Not the most intellectual scam, but it works. Uh, And now he started the very first metal band, Deeds of Ranch. Deeds of Ranch. Uh, Dude, we we don't make Deeds of Ranch jokes, all right? Don't make any (laughs) Deeds of Flesh jokes. Rest in peace, Eric Lindmark. Come on. Does he ever get comfortable? Deeds of Ranch. At all of his money? Does he just keeps doing this? It's like never enough for him? Oh, no, Mike. He's in it for the, the rush. He likes getting high off of duping smooth brains. Damn. Not like you, who likes getting high... I don't get high. It's all CBD. Yeah, CBD. Yeah, my joints hurt. For your do- joints. My doctor's only got bad knees, so. Yeah, you've got bad brain joints. <laughs> I do have bad knees. I know. You do, yeah, you, well, you he's, well, before the well. show. Yeah. It works too well. Before the show, you said you have, the doctor said you have knees of a 50-year-old. Yeah, it's not good. That's what he said. CBD is astounding. Good. He recommended uh, it. Oh, uh, he recommended uh, it. Uh, Astonishing. Gotcha. Here, here's a prescription to your local gas station. Well, yeah, <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> so, if you've ever watched Pawn Stars, after they come to a close on a deal, Rick is like, "Leave this here, and we'll pay you out over on that counter." Oh, this yeah, is done right. so there's no sleight of hand. You know what I mean? Uh, you have to leave the item that. there. Wow. That's why. Yeah, the, like if you come in with like a ten thousand dollar coin, and Rick is like, "I'll take that for eight dollars." Leave the coin here. Go get your eight dollars <laughs> over there. And that's, you know, it that sounds like a punch. Yeah, that's that's how it works. Yeah. So, yeah. like, the bank didn't do that. So, like, that's so in a way you can see, like, oh, Victor Lustig influenced how Pawn Stars operates. Wow. Mm. Yeah. If only they could get it right on Antique Roadshow. They need more drama. Yeah, right. So you got to get it yeah. off PBS. Yeah. You got to get that. You gotta get that guy that looks like he might have smoked meth and reformed his life through Jesus. And now he's stealing 
these men, old men's train sets. What's so <laughs> exciting about this vintage, historic, weaved basket is a goat is eating it right now. <laughs> Fight the goat. <laughs> Here's a, a expensive sword. <laughs> In 4K. <laughs> Hmm. Now, this explains why Vic was wanted the bank to cash out the difference instead of offering less war bonds. He made his payday $10,000 richer because he always intended to swipe both envelopes. And you know there was a dumbass who was like, well, let's go to the ranch and find him. And the manager uh, was good. just like, oh, he's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bank, as you can imagine... Hated, hated being swindled. Of course. So they hire two gumshoes, two private eyes to uh, pursue Victor and rough him up a little bit for at least one of those envelopes back. Uh, The two. Yeah, see, you got to get one of them envelopes. See, this guy over here, Victor, he's not a nice guy. He's a real crook. A real roach in the computer. We don't know what a computer is, but he's one of those. <laughs> one Get of him. See? Yeah. So, the two gumshoes track Victor all the way to Kansas City. And before the detectives, you know, these are essentially fucking hired goons. You know what I mean? They might say they're police detectives, but they're just, you know, mercenaries dicks. for hire. Dicks. So, dicks. before these two dicks can polish their brass knuckles using Victor's mustache. Uh, Victor uses his unrivaled legendary powers of smooth talk to save his life. I thought you were going to say penis. Maybe he flashed his wiener, too. I don't yeah, History convinced. doesn't know. So He's got the densest dick in the West. Are you ready to see this amazing smooth talk? Victor yeah, states if the, bank, if the bank resorts to physical violence, the scam would make newspaper headlines. The public would learn of how gullible and untrustworthy bank Ooh, operations are. Press. The customer fallout would result in a loss greater than the scam perpetrated. It caused chaos. Upon hearing this, the bank agreed Victor was right. The bank dropped all charges against Victor to avoid bad PR. His own lawyer. Fuck, man. He's good. Because yeah. if, you, if you think about it, some grade school like Switcheroo took that bank for thousands, ten of thousands of dollars, Damn. as Tom would count. Yes. <laughs> See, here's, here's where we know that this happened in the past, because logic progresses. We learn from history. So if this happened today, he would have committed suicide, yep. and the bank would have got his money, their money back. Unrelated suicide uh, <laughs> yeah, in Tijuana yeah. or the Cayman Islands or something. Hanging out. Yeah. So Victor tells this to the bank. The bank tells the goons to back off and walk away. As the goons are walking away, Victor's like, ah, bah, 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 bah. I see this would be bad PR for you. What is my silence worth? A thousand dollars. Victor shakes down the bank for another thousand dollars of hush money. Yes. After yeah. he's confronted. Fuck those banks. So he's like, this guy's a hero. He's like, oh, I see. Silence is important to you. How important to you is it? And he makes another thousand dollars on the entire scam. Code. It goes legend. the old. It's the old saying. 
steal from the rich and buy yourself a jet ski. I like that. Yeah. Uh, in Victor's that, case, it's steal from the rich to continue stealing from the rich. And get a jet <sighs> ski. And then maybe get a jet ski. I, when you're cool. Look, jet skis, I, I, like them. I think I bring this up from time to time when we have someone who's actually pretty neat that we're talking about. Yeah. This guy better be a pedophile. <laughs> I don't think he is. I did a lot of shit. Oh, I, love him, he is. I love him. <laughs> I just love him. So, in 1925, Victor moves back to Paris, you know, to let New York cool off or let New York and Kansas cool off and then, you know, and to prey on some Parisian fucktards. Now, easy pickings. <laughs> very good, sir. Easy. Well, you just throw a baguette in the street, and they're like, oh, oh we, let me bend over. When they, <laughs> when they bend over for the baguette, you just take out their wallet. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're thin easy. wallet. They're thin what do you think wallet. that? What do you think the Nazis did in World War II? Um, they airdropped <laughs> a bunch of baguettes, and they just cruised right in there. Oh, I mean, that's... Um, they remember reading that's what that in a history book. There you go. Yeah, right, Mike dude? verified. <laughs> All right. Well, that's where we're at tonight. How did how did Hitler one up the French? We're always focusing on Easily. what he did to the Jews, but never the one upping of the French. Uh-uh. <laughs> Surrender monkeys. Surrender monkeys. I'm going to use that. That's good. So, uh, before we get into what Victor did, was up to in France, I'm going to do a quick, small tangent history lesson. Uh, Eiffel Tower today. Love it. Love it. Well-known staple of Patty, gay Patty. It's it cool. uh, in all the postcards. So that is when there's a man in the front no, and a man in the back. The literal Eiffel Tower, not the and sex position. And they high-five over the woman. God damn it. I want to tell a story so bad, but I just can't. <laughs> all right. Uh, you can change the names and maybe like a, a Patreon exclusive. But the Parisian Eiffel Tower um, erected in 1889 as part of the World's Fair. Um, it was supposed to be like a fucking temporary thing, taken down 20 years later in 1909. But, the th- you know, like a, it's like a promotional thing. Think of it as a uh, gl- over-glorified fucking yeah, cardboard France. cutout. Yeah, France. Well, guess what, France? You still don't have a Disney World, so get fucked. Nope. <laughs> so the thing stays up for way too long, kind of like Christmas decorations in March. Yeah. And Parisian people are split on the aesthetics of the Eiffel Tower. Because if you really think oh, about really? it, it does... Yeah, right, Mike? Today, Eiffel Tower, Paris as it gets. Yeah. But back in the day, it kind of doesn't fit. Because oh. it's this iron lattice of industry-looking tower that really doesn't do anything. Oh, and it clashes with... Yeah, yeah it, it clashes with France. Because French... The French people are, are trying to make Paris this quaint metropolitan area where you smoke cigarettes, drink coffee, and suck on baguettes. Mm-hmm. The 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 in, industrious looking metal lattice work doesn't fit at all. Isn't that the same shit with the Hollywood sign? Didn't that start as like just advertising? And yeah, then... for Hollywood land, the the neighborhood, the suburb. Yeah, and then like people it's were stuck. just like, I hate it, and some people were like, I like it. Let's recycle it and take and off all, land. Yeah, wasn't it the same thing with the Statue of Liberty when they were like, Hey, guess what? America has liberty. <laughs> Psych. Um, <laughs> well, I, that's politics. We don't talk about politics on the show. Never. Um, uh, yeah, but not a lot of people know this, that ho- the Hollywood sign out in L.A., um, it used to say Hollywood Land. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. After the neighborhood. Fun. There's a neighborhood mm. called Hollywood Land. Yeah. And then to make the sign 
encompassed the entire area. They took off the land, so it was just Hollywood. Yeah, that'd be crazy to live next to like Brad Pitt or some shit. Dude, he used to live right over here. Oh, really? Him and Angelina Jolie had a a place in Lloyd Harbor, like fifteen minutes away from here. Oh shit! They showed up in Huntington a couple times. There were some sightings, and then the the newspaper people came, and then they left. uh, Ruined it for everyone. My mom knows like the coolest job ever. Um, she knows the coolest job. No, knows someone that has the <laughs> coolest job ever, and that's the caretaker to that fucking cool. castle they lived in. Literally, all they have to do is live there and mow the lawn, and Damn they get what? paid more than I do. Yeah. Well, you should probably work with your hands more, Travis. You would be. Dude, useful. I work with my hand. I work with my hands every night and sometimes in the morning. All right, pinch in your inch. And yeah. typing the keyboard is not working with your hands. I mean, I beg to beg to differ, dude. Just as saucy, it's a hidden valley right there. You know what I'm saying? All right, fine. The oh. amount of pubes I got going on, it's a hidden valley. Hidden valley. I oh hate god. This. Yeah, what creamy. is that? Why is that penis concave? Shouldn't it be hidden convex valley. out of his body, unlike <laughs> a soup bowl? No, my penis is great for drinking soup off of uh, <laughs> people that. It, what? Nice flat? No, it's round, dude. Round. It's like a globe. Oh, like a sphere? Inner globe. Yeah. A big sphere. Cody, we're turning the uh, convex soup people against each other. Is it vertical or horizontal? Weird. Dude, I don't shut even know what up. words you're using. Cody, um... Shut the fuck up. We're Everyone talking about big iron up. penis in in Paris. In Eiffel Gay Tower. Paris. Half the people loved it, half the people hated it, even though all the people love it now. The cafe at the base of the Eiffel Tower prospered as it touted its scenic view was unspoiled by the Eiffel Tower. Bingus. <laughs> Good marketing, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have yeah. to look at the eyesore if you're eating under the eyesore. Yeah. True, yeah. But the eyesore kind of protect you from the rain. So, this is where Victor is <laughs> like, oh, people hate shit. Let me get in there and ruin it more and make money off of it. Vic forged official-looking stationery from a French governing body. I think it was like the local uh, Ministry of uh, Communications. And just so you know, the, the, the Eiffel Tower is used as a uh, uh, telegraph hub because it's, I guess, tall yeah. and important or whatever. The cell um, tower. 5G, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> so great. Vic, using this Ford stationary, Victor lures in five of Paris's biggest scrap metal dealers. So the French two brothers, if you can imagine. <laughs> Local joke. I don't know. Um, I don't know oh, French. Scrap, How do you oh, say two, two brothers scrap metal? Yeah. Oh, okay. is Dwar brothers. Dwar brothers. Dwar brothers. Dwar scrap metal. Dwar fraternity. Put down that Optimum remote and call Two Brothers <laughs> Scrap you. Metal, please. I'm not going to do joke. it. I don't know. I use iPhones. Got no thumbs anymore. Lost it in the war. Which war, Dad? Uh, me selling drugs? That And that is why they say <laughs> Paris. They say Paris is the cultural center of the world. I would it's argue not. it's Bayshore. There you go. That that's a good point. Well, uh, also another old saying, "Gay ass Paris." Uh, <laughs> uh, I I hear that the birth rates there are incredibly low. <laughs> yeah, that's because they figured out how to nut in everywhere. Butt. They figured out, <laughs> but they figured yeah, out it's all about the butt. French ladies. Let's do this French. Um. Anyway, so he gets all the five biggest scrap dealers. 
and proceeds to try to sell the fucking Eiffel Tower to these five men. And he's like, don't tell anyone about this because we don't want the outrage circulating that the Eiffel Tower is being torn down because half of us like it. So shh, don't, don't talk about this. This is a secret meeting. I'm down only, the, only, only the five of you get to bid on uh, taking down the Eiffel Tower. So this guy's literally selling a landmark as a con. Mm. Mm. So Lustig targeted the small fish in the pond, a nan... Uh, a man called Andre Poisson. And Poisson! Poisson. And if you don't get that joke, Poisson is French for fish. So he's oh. targeting the small fish in the pond. Oh. oh. oh I get it now. So Thank you. He eyeballs the smallest guy because he's probably the thirstiest to close a deal and would, you know, do... Yeah. Wants to move you on. Know, yeah, he, want, he wants to... He, he'd, he'd do the most to secure the bid. Wait, you're saying this guy has a man pussy that smells like fish? Yeah, that's exactly it. Ooh. He's a French guy named <laughs> Fish that uh, stinks for more than one reason. All right. Mm. So this man, Andre Poisson, is the smallest business owner, and Victor's like, hey, man, I feel for you, small guy in a big world. I'll give your meager... I'll accept your meager bid if there's a little kickback for old Victor. Oh. So, oh, yeah. Victor, hey, you want me to add a few inches to your inch? Come on. Yeah. I got, I got one well, big it's old France. several inches here. So metric. I'll take one. <laughs> yeah. Centimeter. Yeah. Would you like some metric inches? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool name, metric inch. Would you like to yeah. mash that meter? Metric inches is a very woke feminist uh, punk band. Really? Yeah. Wow. I just made that up. Oh, it's good. But you good believe me. Oh, you fooled me. Yeah. You fooled me. I'm spreading it around. Yep. So the deal went through. Victor handed Andre a phony deed for the tower, and Andre handed Victor a shadowy sum worth the tower's price tag and sizable kickback. A total in the neighborhood somewhere of 100,000 francs. History is actually unsure of the exact amount. Oh, wow. Andre presented the phony deed to the local government in attempt to harvest the metal that is the Eiffel Tower, and the officials laughingly pointed out the illegitimacy of the document. Like, sir, this is <laughs> signed in crayon. We can't, we can't honor this at all. Who are you? This is crayon. This yes. fish, you cannot bring. This fish boy is here to take out tower. <laughs> I will not have it. Get out of here, fish boy. Go have a croissant and don't look at the tower, but be underneath it. It's kind of a thing we've got going on. Jeez. <laughs> so Andre, too embarrassed to throw a tantrum, quietly retreated and speaks nothing of this scam. Mm. Oh, my God. And Dude, this mook just tried to buy fucking the Eiffel Tower. Are you fucking kidding me? He's an idiot. Well, I wouldn't tell anyone that. I'm just imagining you saying that during, like, you know, in front of all these Frenchmen, like, calling him a mook and a fucking idiot. Yeah, if like, those French, what is he saying? If those French officials had the word "mook" in their French vocabulary, <laughs> that would have been tossed around a lot. Look at this Look fucking mook walking in here with his fish last name, trying to buy this shit. Fucking mook! Look, Look at this mook here. <laughs> oh, I so, love him. Uh, Victor lays low in Vienna. You know what I mean? To you know what you know? He's, he's got to dodge the heat. But as we said earlier, Andre Poisson 
was too embarrassed to make a fucking stinka about it. He's just like, oh no. My life is ruined <laughs> because I thought I could buy a landmark for scrap. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, when he's in Vienna, did he steal all their sausages? No, he, he was just trying to lay low and not steal anything. It's, oh, okay. it's a literal... Like, well, he would go back to America, but we'll see in a reason why he, in a minute, why he didn't. He had money to buy stuff now. Oh, so he yeah, could buy Vienna yes. sausages. So Victor yeah. laid low, waiting for the frenzied press day to happen. But, you know, Victor never made it. So all of Paris is not only quiet, but blissfully ignorant of the scam, the huge, huge scam that just transpired. And this is why we don't know the exact number, because everyone's too embarrassed to talk about it. The only person wow. willing to gloat about it is Victor himself, and he may have embellished the 100,000 francs sum just to make, you know, his con man, Pinor, seem larger. You know what I mean? Like, it's like oh, I took that guy for 100,000 francs. It might not have been that much. Some embellishment might be there, but that's the only account we have of how many, wow. uh, how, how much Andre Poisson was taken. That's a lot of money. It is. So there's this eerie vibe. Paris should be a storm of alarm and outrage. However, it's all quiet. That's how they felt after they were invaded. <laughs> yeah. Should be outraged, but most of them are Nazis. Yeah, anymore. they just sucked on baguettes all day. <laughs> so to your run-of-the-mill con man, this hush meant getting away scot-free. It's like, oh, no one's talking about it. We can get out of here with our, you know, pay, pay off and reputation intact. But to our subject tonight, Victor, that just meant he could do the same exact scam over again. So he's like, run it back. Let's use the leftover stationery to solicit the next five biggest scrap metal dealers in Paris. <laughs> yes! And do this again. No one's talking about it. Let's do it, baby. Victor is yeah, truly the, the victor. I yes, love this victor guy. This guy is, I want him to be my richest uncle. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Give you those well, gift that, certificates. He would be to your uncle, dollar. too. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, I'm not so selfish. Twofer. Good idea. Yeah, I'm not very selfish. All right. So he turns around. He's like, what is all. this? Three Gaston's medal? All right. We're going right three to Gaston's three Gaston's medal. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so, unfortunately, one of these next five scrap dealers was a little suspicious smarty pants and tattled on him. To the proper authorities. Ooh. Like, hey, this guy's trying to sell a landmark. I don't think that's legal, right? So he snitched. And Victor has to forge a new passport to flee back to New, to new York because his aliases are, you know, out there now. So he's like, shit, let's get the fuck out of here. The second deal doesn't go through. There's no payday. But he does get out of France without being arrested. Bingo. What wow. was his alias? Like, George Eiffel? Uh, it goes from <laughs> Robert Duvall, Ro, uh, Robert Duvall. Oh, right. Uh, Robert V. Miller is another popular alias. What about Robert some, De Niro? Uh, maybe. Yes. I don't know. Specifically from Godfather 2. Uh, and before we close a book on the Eiffel Tower scan, I went down a rabbit hole during my research and yeah. found out there's some such thing called the wives of the Eiffel Tower. There's oh. a few women out there with objectphilia. Centered around the Eiffel Tower. What does that mean? What? Yeah, so if you ever visit the Eiffel Tower, uh, Mike, there's yeah. a non-zero chance you might find a woman just getting tetanus by humping and kissing it. Really? Yeah, people... sex on Yeah, metal? women fall in love with the Eiffel Tower as if it was a lover. Damn. I watched well, a documentary. France, fuck. It made me weird. No, you don't. Dude. You don't want these women, Mike. No, no, Mike. Dude, it's Mike, long, hard. Mike, Mike, the, the Mike, these women are tremendously... Horrible people. 
I didn't say about the, I said I want to <laughs> see the Eiffel Tower. You want to see women humping want, the Eiffel Tower. I did not see yeah. that. You put words in my mouth. It's Paris' biggest dick. It is a city of love. <laughs> this is the where they come for the croissant every morning. They come, they look at the big dick, they go, oh, can't fit you inside, but I love you. Oh, Gaston, let me get it in It's one of the weird symbolic illnesses of the world. I have heard of these people. What documentary did you watch, Cody? I'm curious. It was on YouTube. There's a woman that just kept kissing like a girder and humping it. (laughs) That's that's absurd. Just just go Google wives of the Eiffel Tower. Anyway, speaking of wives. I will do do that in incognito mode. (laughs) It does, Mike. It is a porno, Mike. It is the softest Uh, core porno that is allowed on YouTube. Not I don't. Just, it's on uh, YouTube. It's on you. If it's on YouTube, it can't be a porno. You never know. You get a nip slip once in a while on YouTube. Cody, don't you jerk? Don't you crank it to MSRI? What was that? ASMR. Uh, ASMR. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Nothing on. I do crank. I I do pinch my inch to some ASMR, but not YouTube ASMR. Because there's no boobs. Well, like, uh, anyway, sound of, like door but, shutting or like. There's no boobs in ASMR, anyways. I'm talking about their tits. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, god. I have a lump. Alright, keep going. I will. Alright, anyway, speaking of waifus, just not waifle tower waifus. Eiffel Tower waifus. Uh wife Roberta and daughter Betty Jean, just so you know, are still, you know, being shuffled around upscale hotels to obscure and keep them away from uh the unsavory fucks coming after Victor. Honorable. Uh when Betty Jean gets of age, the daughter, she was sent to a boarding school in Pittsburgh just to keep her clear of the you know, fuckery Victor's doing. And I want you to remember that. Betty Jean in Pittsburgh right now, boarding school run by nuns. With his daughter out of the picture, Victor picks up an expensive habit of having a side chick, specifically a big tittied brothel mistress named Madam Billy May Sheeble. Wait, Billy Mays? Billy Mays here. <laughs> uh, May spelt M A E. Okay. Billy so, Mays. Big tittied brothel. Big tits. Yep. Uh, during my research, I discovered um, the slang Billy May used for her brothel. She referred to it as a pushing school. <laughs> I yeah. fucking love that. That's great, dude. It's like, imagine just being a hooker and your mom's like, what are you doing with your life now? She'd be like, I'm enrolled in pushing school, mom. <laughs> it does. Pushing that's why, that's why, it wor- that's why it works. Um, so Victor's got this mistress and... He's also running his mistress through like this circuit of hotels to keep her safe too, because you know he's like, All right, I'll do, I'll keep my wife. And Victor's my nice. Victor's he's nice. so nice. He's caring. That's like he's caring a nice guy. guy. Yeah. However, so- not to not to Roberta, because as soon as Roberta picked up wind of this brothel, madam mistress, Uh-oh. she divorced Robert, or divorced divorced Victor. May well, may I say? Did he? Did she take the Eiffel Tower from him? No. Well, maybe she took the Eiffel Tower for herself. I'll tell you what she did do. I'll tell you what she did do. After the divorce, after said divorce, Roberta crossed paths with an unsuspecting victor. Literally. Roberta proceeded in attempting to run Victor over with her car. Oh, yeah. poor guy. He's so nice. Why would you do that? He hasn't well, harmed anyone. Victor, Victor's, Victor's quick on the reflexes. So he's able to yep. duck and roll out of <laughs> the car's way. So he's fine. Agile. And luckily for Roberta, 
uh, vehicular manslaughter is somehow, I guess, a little bit of a turn on for Victor because he reproposes to Roberta after the attempted vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. That's a Hank Williams song, isn't it? Uh, maybe. I reproposed to Roberta. She tried to run over my head with a car. I'm not doing him justice, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah I yeah. said I would be be for her, but she was like, "No, nah, dude, fuck you." That was beautiful. <laughs> it's terrible. So the two soon after, the two soon after remarried, but that was short lived, as. Victor was making the extremely stupid mistake of keeping Roberta and Billy May in the same hotel. Billy May here. I'm <laughs> banging your husband right next door. There's actually a attaching door that's open. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, the, the, the door's door. right next door, like the fucking Ramada Inns, where it's like, you can have friends with you. Victor, dear, what are you doing in there? It sounds like you're very winded. Did you take a step class? Zumba is uh, trying to learn how to use what was his endorsement? Billy pushing. Mosey, um, uh, he was OxyClean. OxyClean is trying to learn yeah, how yeah. to use OxyClean. My mom there. was a big fan of OxyClean, and then she put it on an article of clothing that she liked a lot. It had worked for several times, and then she put on for some reason something, and then the house set on fire, and now we're homeless. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I remember yeah, that's that, crazy. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. So uh, don't <laughs> do the OxyClean. Don't do or the OxyClean. And roast mortem pro tip, don't put your wife and mistress in adjoining rooms at the same hotel. Also, I'm belting, cool I, I'm losing my articulation because I've been belting up beer, so that story... I love it. Uh, I felt like it came out a little weird, but it's true. It worked. Really? Your house is on fire? Yeah, well... <laughs> Cody, continue. Feeling, <laughs> feeling ballsy and confident as a confidence man, uh, Victor makes his way to Chicago, and if you don't know, Chicago is the seedy underbelly of the crime world at this point. Mm. Was well, it like the 30s and shit? Oh, yeah. So uh, what, okay. what already mentioned roast mortem subject is operating in the Windy City during the 1930s? David Duchovny. No, Al Capone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Regis Philbin. Just saying someone's name is not funny. That's not I like comedy. David. I like David. That's very, that was a very, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy who did Family Guy, that's what he would say, is what Seth. I said. Oh yeah. And I'm gonna go beat Seth. I'm gonna go beat myself in the shower for being that kind of humorist. Only in the Seth shower. Seth Rogan McFarlane. Yeah, yeah, that's him. So that uh, Victor is in Chicago, Windy City. Al Capone's also in the joint. And Victor is like Victor, keep in mind, gets really high on scamming people. Not necessarily for the payday, but sometimes it's for the high. The adrenaline and Victor's rush. like Yeah, you know what I mean. You know you know about the adrenaline rush, Mike. The CBD adrenaline rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, let (laughs) me scam none other than Al Capone. Damn. Let's see if I can get away with it. Little drippy dick Al Capone. Drippy dick Al Capone. That's him. You know him. You love him. Like dipping into a fucking shark tank. He's got syphilis, Mike. Yeah, his basically oh, yeah. his dick looks like you took a bite out of a breadstick, and it's just like like a cheese stuffed one, and it's just dripping. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like when the, the the Hidden Valley Ranch like cap doesn't fit right back on the bottle. Yeah, that's kind of what Al Capone's <laughs> penis looks like. It's just like, oh what is God. Why is this leaking? It's uh, oh, oh, that's oh. why. That's mess. why I. That's why I buy. Uh, 
foreclosed ranch because it doesn't yeah. actually have a cap. It's just more of like a squirt, a continuous squirt. Yeah, it's you like, only it's get like to a, use one. Right. It's fresh though, right? It's like a Capri Sun. You got to stick the straw in it. It's fr- See, they they put they pitch it as fresh. I don't know if it actually is. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's all going into this. I think we we missed a fact about Al Capone is that whenever you have a conversation, he just unzip his fly, expose his diseased penis, and instead of like being like, look me in the eyes, son. You better look at me when you're talking yeah. to me. Look down He'd my make urethra. you look at his dick. Yeah. Mm. Down the urethra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right down the urethra. Like a James Bond intro. But it's <laughs> <laughs> Al Capone's urethra. Come. And pus. And blood. HVR. Anyway. So Victor sets his sight. You're welcome. You should. Welcome to Roast Mortem. That's what we try to do. Painting pictures. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Roast Mortem. Anyway, Victor sets his sights on the one, the only Al Capone. Victor approaches the man. I don't know how he gets the audience, but he approaches Al Capone. He's like, hey, you give me $50,000 and two months, I'll give you $100,000. And Al Capone's like, Sounds like a deal. You know what I mean? Double, <laughs> double my money in 60 months. That's 10 ten of 10s. 10 ten 10s of 10. <laughs> Al Capone wasn't a very smart guy, by the way. He counted like me. No, so. no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, just so you know, Al Capone likes the, face, likes the look of Victor's face because... They're twinning. They both have facial scars from jealous boyfriends. Uh, they both boyfriends. Got boyfriend <laughs> well they well, they hit on it. a taken lady and the taken lady's boyfriend both drew no. knives and fucked up their faces mm. i know it just sounds funny if you don't explain the jealous boyfriend because like that, i'm that, sorry for yeah. taking the comedy out of that oh thing. it is fun no you added to it by accident okay good it's so like those like, pictures it's like one of those pictures when there's like um you know, someone at the Paralympics that's like, um, oh, like, oh, like giving give the thumbs up to someone who's possibly uh, uh, a, a, uh, a future candidate for being in the Special Olympics or Paralympics. It's like, yeah, cool. All right, guys, let's do you it. You did it. Tom, we just can't. You were canceled. Canceled. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, we're talking about two smooth braids, like two smooth braids coming in one room. I'm not saying anything bad about that, but you know, when you see it on the outside, it's like, well, we really know what the qualifier is here. <laughs> so, Moving on, Cody. Get away from this quick. Victor. Get the hook. <laughs> Al Capone likes the look of Victor face because of the scarring. They can relate over it. So Al Capone thinks he's got enough big criminal dick energy that everyone around him is afraid to steal and run. You know what I mean? He's like, of course I'll give this guy 50000 What's he going to do? Scam me? I'm Al Capone. <laughs> no, one's gonna, no one has the balls to do yeah, that right. to me. So uh, Al Capone hands over to Victor what I assume is another gigantic burlap sack with a dollar sign on it. And after, you know, he's like, all right, go do what you say you can do. Go multiply my money. Here it is. Go off. And after 60 days, Victor returns to Al Capone. Victor cries to Al Capone. The investment deal has gone tits up, pear-shaped, if you will. Mm. And all of the invested seed money is gone. Oh. Before Al- me do. It's not good. Al Capone. Nope. Before Al Capone can pour Victor some new concrete shoes... Victor produces a small fortune. 
Vector claims even though he himself lost big on this sour deal, he has emptied his life savings in an attempt to offset and refund Al Capone's loss. Al Capone begrudgingly counts Victor's peace offering, and the sum comes very close to the original $50,000. Oh. He just borrowed his money, kind of. He just took $2,000. Yeah. After crunching the numbers, Capone realizes this ordeal is a no-harm, no-foul situation. He also realizes Victor is a stand-up, honest guy, which is, to be fair, refreshing in the Chicago uh, seedy underbelly of crime. It's like, oh, okay. Al Capone also comes to the conclusion Victor must now be destitute, losing big on the investment himself and also surrendering his life savings as a peace offering. Taking pity on what he assumed to be an honest man, Al Capone hands Victor $5,000 to tide him over <laughs> until better times. Damn. He's good. The two, the two parted ways. The two parted ways on good terms. Do now, you, you think he, he also gave you like what now? Do you do you think he also gave him like a pasta dinner or something? No, no, no pasta dinner. But um, the two parted ways on good enough terms for Victor to ask Al Capone a favor later in our episode. Oh wow! Oh, so five thousand dollars isn't the biggest payday, but. Victor Lustig is now in the good graces of one of the biggest kingpins of crime to ever exist. Now, for those of you who haven't put it together, there was never any investment deal. Victor Lustig simply handed back Al Capone's $50,000 to him and then pocketed $5,000 worth of sympathy money. Wow. Smart man. Yeah. So, not the biggest payday, as I said, but he's got a favor from Al Capone because he's an honest guy in the criminal underworld. Now. He's got like protection that at that point, you know. That's that's more than one favor. Yeah, that's, you know what I mean. Man, he's gonna yeah. suck the noodle right out of his dick. That's fun. <laughs> the HVR out of that dick. Well, let's take a break. Mike, would you have yeah. fallen for that? It probably would. Yeah, probably. He's just fucking smooth, motherfucker. He's his own fucking lawyer, this dude. I can't fucking beat that. Are you kidding me? Dude's everything <laughs> in one. There you go. Mike can't beat lawyers. Well, he, I mean, shit, I'm not experienced. <laughs> Mike's right. a regular old Judge Juby. Well, well said. <laughs> well said, Mike. So, uh, 1930s, the Great Depression is in full swing, and our boy Victor is just like, I could stand to fuck the economy up a little bit more. So he gets into full-blown counterfeiting. Sick. Mm. I'm bad getting so, back then, probably. Yeah, Free he's money. already used to yeah. doctoring serial notes, or serial numbers of banknotes. Why not doctor the entire fucking bill? So, with his con man Rolodex, he uh, gets hold of talented chemist named Thomas Shaw, and skilled engraver named Will Watts. And, with their powers combined, the three of them circulated one million dollars worth of funny money. And wow. Ooh. actually unbalanced the American economy even more in the middle of the Great Depression. So he's oh, kind of just like, dicks. he's kind of like, fuck this country. I'm printing my own money if I can't yeah, make any. Also, he's just like, I feel like these people need more money. <laughs> yeah, I like money. Maybe mm. it's not a bad thing. You know, maybe he was a guy who was out there doing the keep the change. Oh, it's move. a federal crime. Well, d just because it's a federal crime doesn't mean it's bad. Oh, 
Famous. Famous quote on Roast Mortem today. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking federal government is like, why? I know the economy is already fucky because of the Great Depression, but something's up. And they, you know, they they do their sleuthing and they immediately suspect someone is hugely making fake money and circulating. Mm. So uh, before Secret Service was ever on presidential protection duty. Their main original job was anti-counterfeiting uh, practices back oh. in the day. Oh, shit. So they would have caught oh. me when I was counterfeiting ploids. And Pokemon cards, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh the, the economy is in shambles because of uh, laws that are federally fine and, and acts that we've passed. Mm-hmm. Um, people fending for themselves? Let's crack down on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you, ever, did you ever scan a dollar bill and put it into Photoshop? Oh, the, no. you're not allowed no. to. Cause, yeah, cause the program's dope. like, yeah, the program's like, you can't do this and won't really? let you save. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, beca- because wow. Adobe is a bunch of pushover fucking shitheads. Yeah. It lets you play with it, but as soon as you try and save it, it's just like, nah. Money. I didn't know that. Wow. Which is ridiculous. They have no, yeah. they have no vested interest in doing that. As they steal from creatives every month. Mm-hmm. Yes. Steal so from colleges. Print, you can't print the dollar at all on Adobe. You can't save no. the file. That's why and, GIMP is better. That's why you Mike, just screen cap it and then print it from there. Even, <laughs> even Hollywood prop money has to either be physically 50% bigger or 50% smaller than your average wow. U.S. current note. So like, that's kind of why... like. Money looks Pro- money always film. looks bad in movies because it has to be bad. Otherwise, it's you know, Big Brother will come after you for counterfeiting. Now they can do wow. digital bucks. Now they can do fucking Jeffrey dollars in digital land. Yeah, in the future where it's all about Bitcoin, what are the Bitcoin guys going to do? They're going to say you can't have computers in your movie. <laughs> it's legal. They're yeah. harvesting. You got to have a smaller computer or your movie or a really <laughs> big one. That's obviously not a consumer computer. (laughs) So, uh, the Secret Service was able to sniff out Victor Lustig because of a trail of pissed-off Romanian box buyers, actually. Namely, a corrupt Texan sheriff. The sheriff was suckered in by Victor's Romanian box plot, but after the sheriff found out it was all a scam, using his uh, law enforcement perks actually cornered Victor after tracking him down. Uh, So this is a big old story of whatever goes around comes in your butt. Will eventually come in your own butt. Uh, Victor, uh, once cornered, was just like, I am so sorry. I tricked you. I'm a shitty man. Here's your $30,000 back, plus a little something something to just let me walk and not arrest me. Hand jibber? Oh, no, it was, it was another bag of money, but you oh, can okay. bet the bottom of your feet that money was counterfeit. Oh, you monopoly <laughs> money? Jeez. Yep. So, uh, and when said sheriff accepted the bribe and tried to pass those fake dollars, the federal government was just like, hey, buddy, where did you oh. uh, get that? And with the threat of jail time, the sheriff tattled on Victor Lustig. So no one up until this point tattled on Victor because everyone was too embarrassed and unwilling to admit they were uh, attempted counterfeiters until the federal government got its claws onto this Texan sheriff. He fucked himself. He fooled me twice. I'm a mook. 
<laughs> I feel like that would just never work today because people just no. don't have shame. No. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, if someone tried to blackmail me with, like, I have pictures of your penis. Give me money. I'd be like, well, all right. Like, I'm going to show it to your family and your boss. Do it. I'd be like, fine. Whatever. I'll just say I got fucking hacked. There you go. Uh, I, I think I told already the, the one time I went to a strip club with you guys. Yeah. Uh, the strip club double charged my fucking uh, credit card, hoping I was, you know, too they shy noticed. to. No, no. They, they, they knew I noticed, but they were hoping I was too shy to go to my bank and ask them to contest the double charge. But literally the next day, mid hangover, I was just like, boys, they got me twice. And, you know, my bank was like, we're on it, sir. Yeah. We and got I, you, I, pervert. I got <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they were like, they're like, what is blush? And I'm just like, oh, that's uh, an Gems establishment. Club. Yeah, I said it was an establishment, and they were just like, I pick an, I'm picking it up. I got ah, you, sir. Did you were were you on the phone with a man or a woman? Man, because they would both understand. I'm sure, like, I know plenty of women would totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, a man so, would let it go a little quicker. They're like, I see. There's a double charge on your account. Both being to an establishment called Blush. What is the nature of this establishment? And I was like, it's an establishment. I only got one hand job. <laughs> one hand jibber. So, uh, the she didn't sheriff... even use two hands. <laughs> Just give the other hand to another guy. The Irish hand job. Wait a minute. Me. Maybe I bought that guy's hand job. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to hang up the phone now. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out with that guy now because we're best friends. I, was I think his name was Ted or David. So the sheriff is the undoing, is the beginning of the undoing of Count Victor Lustig. Uh, this is where the feds get their first toehold into uh, the profile of Victor. In May 1935, the feds were given a huge, throbbing break in their counterfeiting case when tipped off by one of Victor's jaded ex-lovers, probably the big-tittied Billy May. Mm. Billy Ooh. May here! Check out my titties! <laughs> uh, okay. We can't do anything else for the rest of the day. Uh, Union, you want to get lunch? Yeah. Billy May lunch. here! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a so, panini uh, with OxyClean. God. <laughs> I'd kill for a panini right now. Uh, oh, the yeah, Secret Service. Too. I'm fucking starving. I love a panini. Yeah, Cody, wrap this up. We have to eat. The Secret Service agents were instructed to uh, arrest the suspect-looking guy with a scarred-up face. But hilariously, at this point, Victor began sporting a ridiculously huge mustache to obscure his scarring. <laughs> so after a hilarious game of cat and mouse, and he's like, is that the guy? I can't tell. Try and get in front of them. You know what I mean? The secret, the American Secret Service, federal police are doing this hilarious game of, I can't tell if that's the guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. So eventually the agents work up the courage and arrest the mustachioed man in the trench coat. Uh, Victor uh, played innocent but forthcoming with his information. It's like, oh, yes, I'm Victor. What would you like to know? Uh, the Secret Service frisked the man. Uh and what gave it away? They're like, oh, this is him, like for sure. Well, they were looking at his face, and oh, he's like, yeah, is that a scar? a scar? Because our yeah, our true. guy has a scar. Because the Texan sheriff said, like, oh, he's a smooth talker with a scar on his face. But Victor had yeah. the mustache, and they're just like, is that him? I can't uh -huh. fucking tell. After like an evening of tailing this, like you know, mustachioed fuck, they're like, all right, that's probably him. 
And then it's like, okay, it is Victor. Frisk him really quickly, boys. And they frisk Victor. And they find they empty his pockets and they ask him about the things that fall out of his pockets. And Victor tells him, you know, forthcoming, you know, no hesitation about everything they find on the frisk, except there's a key engraved with alphanumerics. And suddenly Victor's like all tight lipped. He doesn't want to answer any questions well, about the fucking key. This one's called the pocket pussy. And this <laughs> is my tiny Kerber knife. It's made for babies. And oh, what a, this one. Gerber knives? Yeah. These are I my Gerber. These. I used to be a Gerber baby. Now I'm police. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my lucky coin. I got what it a, from a toll. What about the strange key, sir? And Victor was just like, ah, don't know. Don't know anything about that key. So after a round of sleuthing, the Federales uh, find out the key is actually a locker key for a Times Square uh, subway station locker. Ooh, and they find the locker in question, pop it open, and an avalanche of fake money and printing plates fall out of the locker. Sheesh. <laughs> and <laughs> the Secret Service is like, he's our guy. Put him in fucking jail. Damn. What is a and subway locker? What? The lockers down in the subway. Sometimes they have We don't have them places. anymore. We, yeah. yeah, they're because not they have lockers. After 9-11, they got rid of trust, so mm -hmm. they don't let anyone do anything anymore. But, uh, yeah, back in the day, if you were going on a trip and you wanted to just store your shit in a public locker, you'd be able to pay and then, like, give them two bucks, they give you a key, you use the key, and stash your stuff. Yeah. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. But what if what, I, like, kept where a whole are you bunch from? Of, no, but what if I put a bunch of bologna sandwiches in there and they got ripe? Well, you... Take them out. You're done. You, you wouldn't get your That's deposit why back. 9-11, bologna sandwiches... We're not allowed to do cool shit anymore. Nope. Maybe, maybe you're not an Islamic extremist, but you're fucking annoying. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love, I love Tom just like teetering on the edge of political correctness. Didn't say anything <laughs> bad about Islamics. Islamics, like that's a fucking race. Anyway, yeah, I love you, Tom. Well, you're a gem. Well, you know, I'm just so, here to pull legs, and sometimes it's my own. Wink, wink. Uh, your own third leg. My own inch. Hey, congrats. <laughs> inch long, third leg. Pink my rats? <laughs> Is that what you said, Mike? Yeah, I mean, that was a good time. Yeah, a little pink rat. Pink rat. No, he said congrats. I said congrats. Congrats. Oh, yeah, pink oh, rat. A little pink rats. rat, too. <laughs> Let's get another t-shirt that says just pink rats on it. Pink rats. <laughs> So, the jig is up for your boy Victor, unfortunately, and he was thrown into a New York City detention center, awaiting trial. During his detention, Victor secretly began hoarding those itchy, itchy, itchy prison-issued blankets and knotting them into a long-ass rope. Oh. Yes. Back, back in the day, people, wardens and the correctional staff just didn't count those things and, you know... So he just starts swiping all the blankets up on the joint and knotting them together to form a long ass rope. The blankets are probably also asbestos, right? <laughs> oh yeah, that shit wouldn't. That, that yeah. shit's flame retardant as fuck. Yeah. Hmm. So on September first, nineteen thirty-five, using some makeshift tools, Victor smashed and cut his way through a security window from uh, the prison showers. I don't know why there's windows in this prison shower to the exterior, but sure. To not you have mold. Yeah, you gotta let the steam out. Oh my god, it's so sunlight, steamy in here. 
Mm, I get you. I get you. So Victor smashed and cut his way through this window and then tossed out his makeshift blanket rope. Uh, however, climbing down the side of a metropolitan prison is not a quick or discreet task, but the con artist that is Victor Lustig came prepared. How tall is it? it? Yeah, I, I think it was like three or four stories, Mike. Holy shit. So how tall was he, actually? That's, that's uh, a real hit, question. Hit, was he 20 feet tall? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the blanket nuts, uh, was not yeah. actually I think, he long might, I think he might have been because he built the Eiffel Tower, and that's really big. And he sold it, too. Die. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got to climb down three or four stories uh, using his blanket rope. That's uh, not quick. Either. Holy fuck. Yes. Not quick, and he's in a, met- he's in a city. Like, so uh, people might notice the guy in prison yeah. uniform climbing down the side of the uh, prison. Which is exactly what happened. Midway through his ascent, Victor noticed a curious crowd of onlookers gathering to watch someone in prison garb uh, rappel down the side of a prison from a broken window. Maintaining his composure, Victor pulled out a rag and started wiping down the windows as he rappelled. Oh, smart. Uh, he's quick. He's got a quick brain, this man. He's Very, good on his feet and on the side of a prison while he's rappelling. The crowd, convinced they were not witnessing a jailbreak in action, dispersed, all disappointed. And Victor was able to continue repelling without any further suspicion. Is that all that uh, that guy that, like, climbed up the Trump Tower needed to do? Just You guys remember that? I mean, start wiping shit yeah, down to avoid yeah. suspicion. I like that, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like in this hellscape that we live in, everyone forgot about that, but that suction cup guy. <laughs> he was a good guy. Kind of yeah. fun. He just needed to, like, wipe off some pigeon shit, and he would have yeah. been... The police would have been like, ah, oh, that's just a uh, budget cleaning crew. That's just Spider-Man going to get Jane. <laughs> and everyone will believe them, because for some reason, we I keep teaching it. lessons through superheroes, and that needs to happen for some reason. Yeah, yeah, Mike, so let, uh, tell me, if, you, if a smooth-brained person was looking up at some guy in a prison uniform climbing down the side of a prison in a prison, you know, with scratchy blankets yeah. and started wiping the windows down, would you be like, oh, that's an escapee? Or be like, oh, that's some budget-ass window washer? I probably think he's just trying to escape. I look at the, the blanket, I'd be like, damn, this dude's fucking nuts. Yeah, they would have gotten that guy a harness or something, right? Yeah. Or a this is not OSHA-equipped. Actually, yeah. back then, they probably not. They probably gave him, like, a rope or something back then. Yeah, like yeah, 1938. Go, go clean the windows. <laughs> Hold on to this fucking rope. Yeah, they probably treat your prisoners like shit back then. Well, I guess this is a cheap company. You ain't got no ropes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now, the tallest Creative. building in New York City, the Empire State Building. And the window cleaners that are just hanging off with ropes. <laughs> they're spitting. Gotta clean those they're windows. Spitting. I can't have a secretary next to a dirty window. Uh-uh. No, I can't. Yeah, and the it. guy's just spitting on the window. <laughs> I hate prison. <laughs> Small circular motions. That's how you get the smudges off. You can't go back and forth. That never works. Mm-mm, never. <laughs> Smears. So, uh, rope hilariously wasn't long enough. Victor had to dangle at the end of it and drop the last half story. Uh, he landed on his feet, but turned around and found a second crowd had gathered uh, from Ooh. the spectacle of what he was doing. Victor squared up against them and performed a grandiose theatrical bow and disappeared into the night without any Ooh. trouble from the onlookers. Damn. So it's just, you gotta have the confidence. You Did he have a bow. rose in his mouth? Like, That'd fuck. be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. So he just bowed with all confidence. The people 
were entertained and appeased and gave him no trouble as he disappeared off into the New York City night. What a nice guy. So without weapon or the threat of violence, Victor successfully escapes from a New York City prison. Victor somehow manages to flee all the way to Pittsburgh to secretly crash on his, uh, in his daughter's uh, boarding school dormitory. So he's like, hey, remember your dad? He needs a place. He needs a couch to uh, sleep in. A lot easier for old men to get into women's dormitories back that are run by nuns. That are run by nuns. Just throw a black uh, picnic blanket over him, and he looks like a regular person or an ottoman. Yeah. Either way, we're not going to question it. So uh, (laughs) the federal eyes are looking out for Victor because he is noticeably escaped this man and uh, staked out FBI agent. I love this name, G.K. Firestone. Whoa. And yes. and it's a porn star name, right? G.K. Firestone. Yes, yes, God. it is. My well, Firestone the- tires are about to blow. That's like well, a wizard name or something. And Secret Service agent F. Gruber, less cool of a name, spotted a suspicious man loading himself into the trunk of a vehicle. <laughs> the agent, <laughs> well, <laughs> any man sus. loading himself into a trunk of a vehicle might just him. so happen to be a suspicious man. Hey, what's that guy doing? He's going to commit suicide on himself? <laughs> Let's find out. I just I'm came self- from the girls' boarding school. I'm Team Slytherin. I wanted Ew. to make sure my daughter would like it here. <laughs> In this trunk. <laughs> <laughs> so the agents approached the driver, but the car immediately peeled out. The agents gave chase in their own vehicle for roughly 10 blocks, eventually executing a pit maneuver to stop the wheelman. The agents arrested the hired driver, the chauffeur, uh, and with pistols drawn, popped the trunk of the vehicle. Victor was found with his hands already up, with two guns pressed into his vase. Victor coolly quipped, well, boys, here I am, and was <laughs> arrested again. Finally caught. Finally, well, after, caught. After, after, already, yeah. after three minutes of podcast, he was caught. <laughs> so... Well, yeah, well, now he's caught again. Yeah, say. he's yeah, caught, caught again. Too. Sorry. Caught too. Sorry, caught too. Caught trick boogaloo. Yeah, that's the that's second. It was like intense though. It's definitely yeah, there's a car chase. Intense. There's a car, there's car chase and guns. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the sure. Second Matrix is better than. The it's gonna be harder to talk your way out of this one. It is because he couldn't. Uh, November 1935, Victor was sentenced to 20 years in prison. That's Ooh. not too bad. It's not too bad. It no, bad. all the, all the shit he's done. His entire life, 20 years? buff, too. I mean, you gotta think of it. Like, you know, I, I've spent at least, um, I don't know, 12 years working for an industry that I should be getting paid a lot more for. This guy's getting a shit ton of money, and then is only doing 20 years for that. And he's printing his own money? Yeah. yeah. That's worth it. Yeah. When's he gonna get out? Like, what? 50s? Uh... If he's arrested in, ni- or if he's sentenced in 1935 to 20 years, it'd be 55. Good year. It's 19... probably fun in that time. You know, yeah. Rock and roll and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and for uh, Victor Lustig's escapology shenanigans, Victor earned an all-expenses-paid trip to the most escape-proof prison in the USA. Does anyone have a guess? Ooh. Ooh. Alcatraz. What you got? Alcatraz, very good, Michael. Uh, I was going to guess a replica of the Eiffel Tower, which would have been some <laughs> kind of great um, symbology just brought together. That's yeah, true. The, the replica is actually called Eiffel 65. 
<laughs> I wish I could tell a story. Eiffel 69? Let's hear it. You cut it, right? Oh. Wait, you want to hear right now? I know, I keep going. That's fucked. I mean, we should probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike, when Tom I'll says something's not safe for the podcast, just believe him. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you another time. I, I, I'll tell you. But it's when not you grow up. It's like a cliffhanger. It's like, oh, I got a story, but I can't tell. Imagine what the people at home are feeling. You at least get to hear it. <laughs> if I get to hear it. You know, I just oh, told Tom, Tom, Tom will tell you when we're not rolling. But uh, <laughs> within the walls of Alcatraz, Victor was known as inmate number 300. Uh, the prison staff was unsure of Victor's actual name, so they just completed the official paperwork with the alias Victor was using during the arrest, a.k.a. Robert Miller. Mm. Serendipitously and very, very, very fortunately for our boy Victor, Al Capone had already been incarcerated as inmate number 85. Oh, he was there on the island with him? Oh, yeah. Al Capone was already on the island when Victor uh, was sentenced there. And Al Capone, assuming Victor is a man of unshakable morals and scruples because of the earlier scam extended his seedy internal crony protection network over victor a man of nonviolence. this is the favor that most likely saved pretty boy victor's life and sphincter <laughs> uh. well we don't know about the sphincter we uh. don't know what is yeah. we- we well, don't know yeah. what his preferences were. I mean, he, he could have offered yeah. his sphincter. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So his butt uh, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Cody just done. He's done with the episode. <laughs> so as I was saying, uh, Al Capone's a dumbass. Nat. Al Capone is a natural dumbass, and the um, advanced stages of syphilis didn't help him one bit. He never uncovered that Lustig was a con man that screwed him out of money. So uh, Al Capone protected Victor whilst on Alcatraz. Oh. Mm. Okay. Um, Yeah. uh, Do you think you're safer on Alcatraz or actually in San Francisco? Probably your butt, your yeah. butt, or your well, yeah, your sphincter oh. is about fifty fifty. It doesn't it doesn't matter where you're at. Yeah, yeah. So if you work this favor backwards, Victor has his life protected in Alcatraz because Al Capone thinks he's a stand up guy. Al Capone thinks he's a stand up guy because Victor quote unquote proved himself trustworthy earlier, and Victor only got that opportunity because Al Capone liked Victor's face, namely the Scars. facial scarring. So. You look like those... me, you're my brother. There We're you go. brothers. You look and like me. Do you want to see only... what it looks like when brothers make out? I got a mirror over here. <laughs> Touch it. <laughs> so, and Victor only got those facial scars from a jealous boyfriend after hitting on a taken lady. So who knew sloppily hitting on random women might save your life one day? Do you think Al Capone and him were Eskimo brothers? Probably. I mean, they were in the same prison. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, it was mentioned in the last episode. Our friend Blackout. I know he has gotten his ass beaten several times for hitting on taken ladies, <laughs> but so maybe it doesn't work for everyone. Eh. No, that's why I said maybe or yeah. could have. Yes, in this case, it did. Yes. But also, don't do out. it if that's what, if you're trying to get your life saved. Don't, it's a crapshoot. Just leave. 
It's a crapshoot for your poop shoot. Uh-huh. Well, you're either going to get your ass beat or you're going to have a scar face and then you're going to be Al Capone. Mm. <laughs> All right. So mm. while on Alcatraz, Victor Lustig ha- applied for 1,192 medical requests um, by 1947. So this is high maintenance. Oh, yeah. Uh, all these requests, all these medical requests were ignored by the correctional officers as they were regarded as a ruse to escape again. Like, Probably would. We're not falling for it. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't, Travis. Uh, Victor was being earnest with his desperate pleas. After an incessant avalanche of belly aching, Victor was eventually transferred to a Missouri hospital of all places across the country. Yeah, right. M- halfway across-, across the country. Where his doctors confirmed Science. a oh. life-threatening case of the pneumonias. Ooh. Oh. Faker. So, Faker. Well, thank God Faker. he had to travel a week no, no, to he, get he, that he, diagnosed. Yeah, right? In Missouri, right? <laughs> the light, the life. really cutting-edge uh, medical place, right? Yeah, he's in fucking San Francisco. Why didn't they just bring him to San Francisco? Would have been too easy. Uh, he wasn't faking, Travis. He actually had life-threatening pneumonia. And I'm sure you can guess where I'm going with this, but somebody asked me how he did. How does he die? How do you in the fake ta- die? He died real. He died real hard. As a in, real boy? In the township of Springfield, March 11th, 1947, Victor succumbed to pneumonia, aged 57. His death certificate jokingly lists his occupation as a apprentice salesman. Ugh. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, That's much, much later in 2015, historian named Tomas Andel took a shine to the con man in question. And decided to dive deep into his Genesis story. Like, where'd, where'd this guy come from? How'd he be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even with modern search tools and methodology, Tomas could not uncover any solid evidence regarding Victor's birthplace. Hence why we don't know where he comes from. Oh. Like, we, couldn't, we, we literally yeah, could right? not fig- we could, literally could not figure out this tricky man's origin story. Because oh, wow. it's just so shady. Hmm. Probably got his uh, karma in the end, though. And... Yeah. In all likelihood, Victor Lustig might not even be his true name if yep. we can't find Fake a birth house. certificate. Well, that Damn. is fun, though. I mean, we know about the guy. He's got scars on his face, but... Oh, yeah. Whatever you want to call him, I can't say you're wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, he's a very... Uh, he's, well, he's, a, he's a scumbag, but he, he wasn't like a fucking murderer. Not a violent... Shit. Yeah, he's not a he violent guy. Money, so, I don't his, know. Na- his real name was Daniel Jensen. It's a real <laughs> Well, Tom, we don't know where he's from. We don't know where he... I mean, you say he got a scar from the fucking woman or the dude's boyfriend. He did himself. But, Tom, (laughs) do you think that he's a gray? And that that scar is actually where he attached his human face. Um, What's a gray? No. Travis, it's not... A Smeagol person? He's not a gray. A gray is um, an alien type. I'm not trying to talk <laughs> aliens on this. S4. They're like I'm, a biological computer, basically. They're multi. They're they're like a giant ants of it. the computer world. I think Lustig, if you rearrange the letters, spells out gray. It definitely doesn't. I think it yeah, does. There's no Y in Victor. Science. There you uh, have it, Victor Lustig, card shark, sneak thief, counterfeiter, salesman of the Eiffel Tower. Rest in grease, you tricky asshat, and. As a very special parting thought, while Victor was on Alcatraz, a.k.a. The Rock, he began circulating something he called the 
Ten Commandments of Con Artistry, and I would like to share them with you boys right now. Hell yeah. yeah I, I, I could use it. this. I, I've been so busy at work that I'm looking for a career change, and I don't want to do these, anything These are it. useful. These are useful. Number one. Number fucking one. Be a patient listener. It is not fast talking that's a con, that gets a con man his coup. It's listening. You know what I mean? Uh. So He's known for smooth talking, but the trick, Mike, is actually... Friendship. Smooth listening. Smooth listening. <laughs> yeah, building fake Smo- friendships and he's smooth listening. Or mm. is it uh, fake relationships? And then he. I mean, sinks yeah, his you can attribute in. you 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 can attribute that to smooth listening. Yeah. What's uh, the next rule number here? two? Never ever look bored. You know what I mean? So look like you can always help a fucker out. Mm. Rule number three: Wait for the other person to reveal any political opinions. Then, agree with them. So kind of just, Ooh, yes, man. Up. So yeah, Tom, you should have been like, yes, Travis, he was a gray. Is that political? <laughs> right, but you don't have political? any money. <laughs> Dude, I've got more sauce in my refrigerator than I think you'll ever see in your life. I don't Different want types. your sauce. I want Different money, types. and it doesn't could- need to be from you. You're, you're small fish. You're a tiny boy with the man croissant. looking to eat a croissant under the big old <laughs> Tom, tent. my sauces are limited edition. Save them for 40 years after they expire. Travis. And they will be worth millions. Cody, keep going. Yeah. Cody, keep going. Similar, we don't even talk about my sauces. Similar to rule number three, let the other person reveal religious views and then have the same ones. Smart. Oh, you're a uh, Muslim as well? <laughs> shall we shall we uh, pray did you bring your rug uh, i forgot mine can i borrow yours? yeah my lustig as i say hasamalamalamalaikum uh, yeah he obviously was just you know yeah. dealing with the simple american ones yeah you know? he's like yeah. yeah i love jesus oh he's you like, say you talk to snakes me too yeah he's like salam alaikum and then takes a bite of a bacon sandwich yeah you're you're also jewish uh it's weird that Mazel we're tov. both uh not practicing the sabbath <laughs> I think it's Observing. pronounced Sabbath. <laughs> Sabbath. Shabbat. Number five? Where are we? One, two. I didn't number these. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Hint at sex talk, but Ooh. never follow up unless the other person has a strong interest. So it's just like, Mike, don't go telling this guy you ream girls until he starts talking about reaming girls. Yeah, so he would be too uh, aggressive with it. You don't want to be, you, you, you don't want to, you don't want to go into TMI territory. You know what I mean? So he'd be TMI all over us. He'd have all of our wallets right now. Wait, only, so only, yeah. He would only be like, only if you told him, he's like, hey, I Eiffel Towered this broad, would he be like, let me tell you about the Eiffel Tower. You yeah, which, which is why I'm not saying it now. I'm hinting at it. Just a hint. <laughs> Just a hint of Hidden Valley Ranch from Tom. Oh, anyway, yes. never discuss illness unless some special concern is shown. So it's just like, don't, Talk about illness unless your, you know, telegraph guy's wife is sick and needs to leave. You know, unless it deals specifically with the con unfolding, just don't talk about sickness. It's a it's a polarizing issue. It could put some people off. Uh, Try to con a guy in a wheelchair. (laughs) Like, all right, man. Well, I take insulin too. Listen, (laughs) Professor Xavier, I have psychic powers as well. Yeah. Uh, will you be needing that rascal? Get out of that chair. <laughs> uh, did yours come with a basket? Mine didn't. 
Never pry into a person's personal circumstances. They'll tell you everything eventually. All right. So it's just Check. like, again, kind of like the first rule. Just listen. Mm-hmm. They'll, yeah. they'll open up once they're ready. See, I don't agree if with this. I usually, if I meet someone new, I say, how's your bowel movements? <laughs> Are you Gandhi That's people? Very thoughtful, Travis. Describe yeah. to me in detail your tax problems. <laughs> How much money do you have? What do you make? What do you owe? Who have you ripped what? off? Do you want my wallet? What's your, fav- what's your favorite hentai and your mother's email address? Uh, Shrek and 69mommy.org. <laughs> Give me 500 and I'll turn it into 1,000 real quick. Oh, God. With your credit card and social security number. Please. I could turn yeah. any amount of money you give me into $69, even $100. <laughs> well, that sounds wow. Like- <laughs> Whoa! 169. Uh, yeah. Never boast, just let your importance be quietly obvious. So it, it's kind of like a Teddy Roosevelt, like. Uh, speak quietly but carry big stick mm-hmm. you need that big stick energy you know what yeah. I mean big dick yes. energies alright I was trying to be cheeky but there's Travis ham fisting his way through the joke <laughs> yeah, yeah Travis jeez yeah dude oh that's why I'm not trying to be coy with you like this guy does never be untidy if you're untidy people aren't gonna trust you Mike you know what I mean what is that supposed to mean? If you got a fucking pizza box on your goddamn pillowcase, people are like, don't give that guy money. Wow. Dude, look at all the shit you brought over and left on well, my I, table. I, just, I had it in my backpack and I needed to bring it out to show. Rude. <laughs> well, I'll clean it up later, I think. Thanks. I think. Thanks, man. Damage done, well, but thanks. I'll never bring gifts over for you ever again. Thanks, Paul. And <laughs> finally, number 10. The Tenth Commandment of being a good con man. Never get drunk. He was a sober man. I'd be good at this. Uh, no, you wouldn't. You're drunk right now, Mike. No, I'm just on a spiritual <laughs> trip. <laughs> spiritual liquor. Spiritual liquor. <laughs> there you have it. Results are getting weird. Postmortem <laughs> cast. Definitely not con men because we are Constantly drunk. Go to patreon.com slash roast morning. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We are absolutely not lustig type con men. Wait, was this entire episode a commercial for a free product no. that people could choose to <laughs> no, pay no, no, into? No, 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 no. Just send us money. No, 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 no. Yeah, if no. you don't, if you uh, sign up with Patreon, give us money. We will turn that we'll money. In return. We'll turn that money. Into laughs. <laughs> In good times. It's, uh, you know, we have a lot of jokes to be said here. That yeah, cost money Mortem. to make. Yeah, we've, we, uh, and they're not free. And we don't do them for the money. But at the same time. We take money. It helps. It helps every one of your dollars that you give to roastmortemcast.com slash org, patreon.com slash, you will have a, a laugh <laughs> To account for for every dollar, All right. for, I guarantee at least a month. Wow. Thanks, NPR, Tom. It's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, uh, Cody. Thanks for doing that research. That was a fun episode. Oh my god, this guy actually exists. Do you believe that shit? It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to know what the Eiffel Tower is, hit Mike up on Instagram, and uh. then. Uh, a <laughs> uh, big shout out to Sean Bowrain. Yeah, big dick Sean. 
he's our big producer. We love that man because uh, he gives us money. We're we are uh, very shallow people here. Well, do you know that Sean actually laughs harder than most people that listen to the show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He ma- he makes very mild earthquakes when he giggles. Yeah. Well, we gave him the oh. cheat sheet. So he knows what the jokes really he knows mean. The oh, he knows Selena and Barnes. You know when you're uh, like when you were 12 and you were hanging out with people who were like 18, yeah, and then they make it. jokes and you laugh at some of them. Yeah, that's uh-huh. what people who don't <gasps> pay what Sean is paying is experiencing. Oh. My God, so Sean it's funny. can do all the fatalities in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, he's got, yeah, we he has the secrets. Yes. He's he's part of the gang. He's the chosen one. All right, well, thanks for listening to the show, and uh, you know what to do. Laugh out loud. Lol. <laughs> wow. All right, guys. Smash that? that like. Hit that ding. No. You can't be doing this. Pop that pussy. We- All right. Everyone pop them boy pussies that. and, and yeah. put your pants on, everyone. I'm going to pull up my inch later. <laughs> Remember, Woo. every inch makes the Grinch happy. We Grinch are <laughs> not sponsored by Hidden Valley. Goodbye. All right, hidden podcast. Thank Shane. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Bye.